Namaskaram everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We have today in close with Abhishekana. If you are not able to be part with Sadhguru in close, we have Abhishekana with us. Namaskaram Anna and welcome. Namaskaram Anna. Thank you for having me. This is, uh, this is a great opportunity and a privilege to be able to share with everyone like this. Um, yeah, I hope you all get to really connect with some of what I'm saying. I think it really relates to many of us because when we're growing up, we're told, we're told many things about this is what life is and you know, this is how you should live and stuff. <clears throat> A little bit about myself. I was born in India. My family and I migrated to Canada. I was very young. I was like this big probably. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how old like two, three-year-olds are, how big two, three-year-olds are, but I was about that age. Yeah, that, yeah that's right. Two, three-year-olds. <laughs> um, so it's the same kind of thing. A lot of us uh, who come from uh, like Asian countries migrating to the West, uh, there's this thing they talk about like tiger moms and all these things like your parents just like forcing you to work hard and go to school and stuff and uh eventually there's really two paths you can take one is like you go through it all the way and sometimes you start wondering so i always wondered like man what am i doing what should i do and i was also like okay doctor engineer whatever you know like that's like the same thing yeah you've got it i think it's the same in india too actually right now i'm at east yoga center and everyone's an engineer from India. I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> um, it's pretty interesting to see that <clears throat> you know when I was uh, when I was in high school I had this like very weird ideas and I was like you know it feels like I'm in my own little planet and everyone else is on their own little planets because I can never know what's going on with someone else and someone else can never know what's going on in me and I think that might have been where my spiritual journey began because I was just like, dude, what's going on? So I, used to, I, I was so curious about many things, you know, like I would read on um, <clears throat> things like Aristotle and all these things, um, Stoic philosophies, ancient philosophies and stuff like that. I never actually looked into anything spiritual. Like I went, I was fully like scientific and the scientific background. I would build like all these projects when I was in school, all these little engineering things. Um, and it like, was a lot of fun. Like, hmm? like what have you built? Like, yeah. Okay. So, um, for example, since grade nine, I've worked on, so we'd like build like those circuits and then we'd put them to good. We'd like make little, like, I don't know if what people know. Or don't know but I, yeah. So basically like we'd make circuits on breadboards and then we actually made like full out circuits. Um, and then I made, we made like this little robot like a sumo bot and then um so we, I, we did competitions and stuff too so one of it was like here's a piece of paper and here's a penny this the goal is like you take these two you make whatever you want and then you throw it and it has to go as far as possible and the person who gets the whose thing goes farthest in the class they win the competition another thing was like we had to build an amphi car and this is like individual stuff like the amphi car and this thing all these other things i got like super super curious and i was like man i want to know how things work you know? but there was all these other things that I was super confused about like I said I was always was wondering like I don't know anything and like I'm just here I have no idea about anyone else does anybody else have any idea of me so one thing about me is like my I, I was I'm like kind of like a sun you know just like really um <clears throat> bright and I don't want to say I light up the room or something I'm not I don't want to say that's not really I don't know what that would mean but it's more like I can really influence an area simply by being there 
because I can be very energetic and stuff. But I remember one time in high school, my friend's like, one of my best friends, he's like, hey man, we've noticed like, what's up with you? You're kind of like this dark cloud who's, you know, sucking things in. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it's something like that. And he's like, you know, is there anything we can help? I was, I had no way to explain to him, like, dude, I don't know what's going on, but like, I just, I don't know any, like, I just, so many questions, I didn't understand anything, and it had nothing to do with school, like, seriously, and it, it, there's nobody in school who could answer my questions, or even, I didn't even know how to form the questions, man, I had no idea what the hell was going on, okay, so maybe with the, this is maybe where the journey began, or maybe it began earlier than this, um, and so I did what a lot of us do. Sadhguru talked about this recently where he said, you look at society around you, nobody knows what the hell society is, but it's just like a, it's a hodgepodge of a bunch of things. So we look at that, we take that, and we have an image of that in our heads. But the image of that is distorted. And I know exactly what he's talking about because when I look at society, when someone else looks at society, we have our own stupid little ideas. And society itself is a stupid little thing because it was designed to be an efficient way for us to survive. But it's not necessarily helpful. I mean, you can even look at the global situation. You can look at the national situation. No matter where you are in the world, there's many disparities, right? So we're not going to get into that right now because I don't know anything about that. <laughs> politically neutral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, politically neutral, right? Uh, we have to be this way. <laughs> um, diplomacy at its finest. Yes. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to continue. <laughs> um, so where was I? You remind me where it was exactly the, the questions in school and you know the next step like. yeah so like the next step for me was the same thing that a lot of us would do like i said society our own ideas so we just grab onto something so what did you, you do know, like, what did you take from society what were the things that you tried to do yeah so for me one thing is i would always read about like business and technology and science stuff so i'm like oh i want to do something super cool and awesome and I always thought like tech billionaires were like really cool people who were building the next big thing. And because I was doing all these little projects, it was just the direction that I was going in, which is, oh, I'm building this cool empty car or this thing or that thing. Those are some of the examples that I gave you. Um, it's like, okay, we have this. What can I do more with this? And I just want to go in that direction. But let's say I was an artist. Maybe I would have like, a, like a, a specific kind of art. Let's say I was like a singer or, or a painter. Like if I had those skills, I clearly don't. My friends used to say that when I sing, they would ask me, I'm not kidding you. They would be like, okay. are you tone deaf? This is in school, man. <laughs> I was just like, okay. So that was, that was pretty discouraging, but it was okay. I, it didn't, it was okay. I was like, okay. I was like, no, I don't know. I, first I'm like, what, what is tone deaf? Like, what are you talking about? What is tone deaf? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I am tone deaf. Anyway. So, you know, that's what I mean. I just grabbed onto that. And I just went forward. Another thing is like, um, <clears throat> so I looked at myself, just trying to improve myself. I used to be skinny. Like I'm pretty skinny right now, but I used to be like actually skinny. And then I worked out. I took a bunch of different supplements. So I finished high school. I went to study engineering. And my first year of engineering, I bulked up. I never measured my weight, but my size went from like this to this. My body went to like that. Yeah. Jim, I, I went hardcore into weightlifting. Oh. Um, and I, so I took protein powder, uh, I took creatine, and I took mass gainer. So just a little bit of background for the people that don't know. So protein powder, I took a very specific form, like it's um, a <clears throat> whey isolate. So it's just like, 
it's just um, it's like protein it's purest form or something some somebody can confirm exactly what it is but it's basically you consume it when you're working out um, after working out so that you get the protein amount that you need so your muscles grow quicker and you know you get you get more you retain more and creatine is something that your body naturally produces but you supplement a little bit <clears throat> i think it's either pre or post workout i used to take it uh, post workout you supplement it a little bit that way it increases water retention in your muscles. So basically with the protein powders, strength and all this increases and the creatine strength does increase. Creatine also gives you just a little bit so you can lift, do a few more reps. And at the same oh, time, yeah. The last the same, reps. Yeah, <laughs> extra few reps you can do with creatine. And it also gives you um, like a nice rounded muscles, give, mix, gives you better shape. And then mass gainer, because like I said, I was skinny. What does that mean? That means I had like a really great metabolism, a really high metabolism. I shouldn't say great because I don't know if it's great, but it's a high metabolism. So I went from skinny to like this. Mm. Do you have any pictures of that? I do. <laughs> but then after I got into like all this, I didn't care, but I'm sure it's somewhere. I, I did have many pictures. My friends would have pictures of like me working out, going like this while I was wearing all these things. I personally don't. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can put it up here if I can find it. Mm. So I did that, okay? And this isn't just me. This is a lot of us do this because you'll see a lot of people will like start out in a certain way and then we'll be like, oh, I want to work out. This is because this is what I saw, right? Mm. So I thought, I'm like, oh, first I'm skinny, so I'm not that strong. I have all these people telling me, dude, like you can't lift this, you can't do this, and you're in high school. That means something. It's like, Oh, I want to do, I want to be able to live too. I want to feel like I can do something. So you do that and then you become strong and it was great. But there were um, another thing before I get into that, I also thought it would make me feel more attractive. All right. And did, it. did it. <laughs> I mean, I think it was a good thing that I did that because it didn't. Um, because then you'll begin to realize there's a certain psychological aspect to it as well. Just because the body changes form doesn't mean that all the others opinions of you will transform from your perspective you're looking at it like oh this person might not like this might not like that everybody wants this because this is the image that's shown what's the image that's shown like the super tone yeah. whatever you know guy yeah. um i remember one point i saw this happened and we went camping this isn't my this is my story, but I never told it. My friends used to tell it all the time, so I might say it in like a week. It's weird for me to say this, but like we we went camping, we got drunk, and we threw up. I and like crazy. Like I was like drunk. I threw up like, uh, and then so I woke up, and then I was, I was like a complete mess. And then I went. I left the site. I took a shower, and I came back. And then my I, this is weird. I don't like saying. I don't no, know. no, please tell it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what my friends said. They're like dude, you went like this, so like I described, and then he's like, they're like, yeah, you came back like a glistening Greek god in the sun. And I was oh. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like that, was, that was the image, right, that I had physically in some Whoa. way created because of all that working out and stuff. So like, I was, the sun was shining, it was yes. sunrise, and then I was like fully wet. So I just like came, and they're just like all there, all these guys and girls, and then I just came like this, walking back. And because I left like a total mess, right? Because okay. I was like, uh. Because <laughs> <laughs> this was in the morning, so we drank all night, passed out, woke up, and I was like, Bleh. and I went and came back, and then it looked good. Um, so these kinds of things, right? It's a, comp it's a transformation in some way. So what you realize is that from youth, what I was really seeking, was a transformation in some way. And this is something, this is very true for many, many of us. But what I'm noticing 
um, especially for many, and this is true for many of my friends, they're okay with the current status quo. So for me, wanting to transform the status quo from what it is today to what it could be from the current state to a future state that could be far more, it, it went into so many other aspects of my life. So this was just like the physical aspect. Another was like, uh, was um, uh, education slash career. I mentioned I studied engineering. So I went to study engineering. What did I see there? I expected I'm going to study engineering. We're going to do something. We're going to build this. We're going to build that. <laughs> like my ideas came from like um, watching the social network and you know, like if you, so for people that don't know social network, it's a movie based on uh, like how Facebook was created at, at Harvard. So there's that. And there's all these other stories that you read on the news and stuff. So I was in some way influenced by that. So I think because of that, I went to universities to study engineering, expecting all these people that would be like, yeah, let's go like, you know, build the next Facebook. Let's go build, I don't know, whatever, right? Some right. next big tech thing. But then I went there and there were not as many, like most of the class, like didn't give a shit, like straight up. All these, yeah, they're just there because they want to like study. And there's something called the professional engineering um, qualification. So you study engineering, you get that thing after four years of working as an engineer in training, and then you work as an engineer and you get some qualifications, whatever. Um, you earn money, you live a, a good life, whatever that is. See, they, they picked up something else from society and they're like, this is it. Um, they have the safe and secure job. They have a high paying job. Um, I don't, I can't say it's particular. Maybe a lot of your viewers are from India, but in Canada, uh, if you're if you're an engineer and you you live pretty well um <clears throat> because it's not like there's excess engineers or something oh, okay. which is something that i've noticed there might be in india because <laughs> everyone's an engineer but also it depends on the individual as well it depends on the individual's capability so for me i was like yeah i'm gonna do this so i worked out did that after the whole working out thing finished after like my first year Actually, in my first year, I was like, I know I want to do something more with my life, but what, what do I do? In my first semester, I was just like, I got to leave. But there was nothing for me to do. I opened up all the, there's like five universities around me, including the one that I went to, maybe more, whatever it is, some small number. So I opened up all their websites. I looked at all their programs that they offered. This is in my first year of university. And I'm like, I'm going to find something else. And then I was just like, dude, there's nothing else I could do. And I looked at it, I'm like, well, there's nothing else I wanted to do. And I'm like, all right, this, whatever I'm doing is valuable. So I decided to stick to it and just do it. Not that I didn't want to do it, but it's just my expectations were different from reality. This is the one thing that will come over and over. We're expecting something in particular. And then reality is totally different. We have our own model of reality. It doesn't mean anything. It's like totally stupid. How do we keep ourselves open? and receptive to what's happening around us and paying total attention, give ourselves totally, so that something very beautiful can flower within us and for the people around us. I didn't know, I was just looking like, oh, this is what I think, this is not what it is. I'm just gonna like screw it and look to do something else or I'm just gonna make things different. I didn't accept it the way it was. And so I was just like, all right, let me see what to do. I got a bunch of different qualifications. I took many courses. I learned a lot of stuff. Um, I applied for some awards, won some awards to build some tech stuff. Um, I did many competitions as well, and I won some, didn't win many, but I learned a lot. And it was just like, 
oh, I'm, you know, on this like path to success. I'm learning from people who've done it. Um, people who are doing big things in tech. And this is the thing that I picked up. For the people that don't know, I come from Toronto and Toronto is one of the top 20 big tech hubs in the world. I grew up in a city called Kitchener, which is uh, it's like it's called Kitchener Waterloo, and Waterloo is also part of the one of the top is also one of the top twenty um, tech hubs in, in the world. So it's it, and they're both just very close to each other, like hundred kilometers away, which is about which is about an hour. I think in India, hundred kilometers means Ooh, I don't know, two three hours. Okay, um, so maybe that's also what influenced me. So. You know, all these things are influencing me. The people are people are influencing me. The situations are influencing me, and I was just going with that, going with what I had acquired and things my family had influenced me. My family, um, from both sides of my family, mother's side, my father's side. If you if you go deeper into um, <clears throat> the, I don't know, family tree. What would you call it? Extended family, I think. Whatever. A lot of people do all kinds of businesses and all that. So I was coming from that kind of a background. So it's like, what have I accumulated? It was just everything that everybody had thrown onto me. And I had these questions since high school, like, dude, I don't know. And like, you know, I don't even know this. I don't even know what's my mind. Am I like on my own little planet and I can make anything out of it? I used to think that was a big deal. So I'm like, oh, I can like imagine anything. Nowadays, everybody thinks it's a big deal that you can imagine something and that, and you can manifest it. Yeah. That's not a big deal. That's just what it means to be human. You have all the cerebral capability. What else does it mean? It means that you can imagine something and to manifest it, you can do the work. That's fine. But there's greater and greater possibilities. And I was looking for those. And I was like, what is it? What do I do? What do I do with my life? So, um, and this, this also happened in, uh, what was it? It was my fourth year. Yeah, my fourth year, I moved to downtown Toronto with one of my really good friends. Um, so he, we were both studying together and then um, we were like, oh, this is awesome. We're on the 35th floor of one of the condos, which is in the heart of downtown Toronto, a few minutes walk away from university. Um, and on one side, we could see the lake and it was like mm, more than nine. It was almost a 180, but not a 180, maybe like a 160 degree view from the condo because we had a corner unit. So it was, it was very beautiful like that. And it's like, oh, this is, you know, this is the life. Maybe everybody wants this, that, and slowly things that I would want, things that everybody wants, things that just started happening to me. And I was like, wow, this is such a beautiful place. Um, and before this, I just, I actually traveled to India for a few weeks. And then I came back. And then, um, was it India? God, I don't even remember where I traveled. Anyways, it's okay, scratch that. I traveled somewhere, but I don't remember where. <laughs> I think it was India. Anyways, that's not the point. So I went there, lived there with this guy for eight months. And then I got a girlfriend too. That was my first girlfriend. Okay. And then it's like, well, what are these things that I would want that anybody would want, right? They're like, oh, you have someone special in your life. You have a relationship. Oh, you have a good, I don't like this word, career. Um, you earn good money, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> um, you have good friends. I think there's a 75-year-old Harvard study yeah, like... that talks about the quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. I don't know if that's the exact statement, but they 
they basically had the causation that they had drawn the the conclusion they had drawn was that there's a direct causation between the relation quality of your relationships and the um the uh quality of your i think they used, they used happiness happiness, happiness. happiness. Yeah. yeah yeah they used happiness and for this they just for the viewers i'm not sure if you know but they basically took some harvard graduates and they they tracked them um, I think it was, yeah, probably for 75 years. And they're like, okay, so who are the ones that even the people who had made the most money, they were not necessarily happy. So it was, so from the data points that they had gathered, they concluded that, okay, from what we've seen, the people who have good relationships are happy. Okay. I have good relationships. I have, um, you know, all these things that people would say I had a girlfriend and my marks, my grades started going up and I had applied for a master's degree actually when I was in my fourth year. So I was in my fourth year living in this beautiful place. Like I would, when I would wake up, literally, okay. I, it was such a beautiful sunset every morning. If I woke up early enough, I was lazy. So I'd sleep in. <laughs> I still am lazy. So I sleep in, which is not good because I'm at the ashram. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, so I, it's just that kind of beauty. I just, I don't even know if, if I have an image, uh, I'll learn an image. I hope you're making note of the things that I could like send, send you images of. <laughs> that way I can actually send you that. Oh, no, 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 I'm not making <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, You could listen and remember, but we can put this up here. Um, and it was like that. It was so beautiful. I'm I saying think like I put that. it in a Google Drive and, you know. Click the for the images. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you maybe you can put it the put it on put it here. Right let me here. see. Let me see. I'll try that. Yeah. yeah. You know, know I'm so bad with editing. <laughs> 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 Wait, let me describe it. Let's say for the people who are only listening to the audio version. So yeah. for those for those of you that are listening to the only the audio version, allow me to describe to you the beautiful morning on the sunset. I mean sunrise. <laughs> I messed up. It's basically um, the lake is glistening as the sun rises. It's a beautiful blue background, and it's like it's a gradient. It's it's like that kind of a thing yeah. that I would wake up to. Like in a Hollywood and movie side, show. Yeah, yeah, a beautiful. And the other side, right outside the window where I would sleep. When I say window, this right here, this okay. was this would be all just glass. Okay. <clears throat> and and then I would wake up, look, and it's like a city. Like city, yeah. Oh. And then the whole, the unit, when I said is a corner unit, it was yeah. like, a, it was a corner unit and it was just all glass. Oh, like high five. Super beautiful. Yeah. I so, can get, I can imagine it now. Like what? Yeah. Be, like in suits and all. Yeah. Like yes, I think so. <laughs> exactly. Like that kind of thing. And there weren't any, there were not any buildings blocking the view. So it's like, I'm not saying this to show off or anything, but I'm trying to illustrate my experience of the experience of my senses and what I saw and what I felt so that I hope some of you um, viewers and listeners can relate to that um, or in, sorry, see what I mean. Okay. It looks like there's a storm brewing here. Is anyway. It? Yeah. There's like all this wind, there's leaves blowing. Oh. Incredible. So basically I had this thing, all these things everyone said, right? The relationship, the school, education, I was going to go into the master's, but I felt like there was something missing and I didn't know what. I just didn't get it. So I ended up doing the master's because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, as I mentioned to you, I wanted like do big things in tech, build a tech startup and stuff, be like that founder. And I was learning a lot and I had so many failures by that point. Um, and so I started the master's 
And after a little while, I decided to break up with my then girlfriend. I, she was like not happy at all. I told her, I was just like, it was very simple. People know who she is. So it was very simple. It was just that it wasn't the right fit. You know, as I mentioned to you, I was seeking like something more, something more, something more. But she wanted to maintain the status quo. As I mentioned to you, there's two ways one can live. You can either want to, you either want to transform the status quo or you want to maintain a certain status quo. And it was really that in the simplest way I can put it, she wanted to maintain things in a certain, like whatever, but I didn't. I'm like, dude, there's like something more, there's something more to life. Like it's not just this, you know? And like I mentioned, all these things were cool, but it's like you hit a ceiling, man. What are you going to do? You hit a ceiling and you're just like, so it's just what the rest of my life is going to be like. Okay. So I took this program afterwards. Um, actually backtrack for that, took that program. Um, so I met this, I met all these people in tech. So one guy, he was a tech entrepreneur. He was building his company from zero. He's, he, he's already doing probably really well right now. His goal was to make it into a multi-billion dollar company and do so many things. And he was like, he's coaching me. So I talked to him the first time we had a coffee chat. He's like, straight up ask me what do you want to build a startup why do you want a billion dollars okay. do you want to grow do you want a wife what do you want and i'm just like i, I don't know <laughs> I, immediately i'm just like i don't know and then i thought of those things i'm like yeah i want those things but i'm just like i don't really know but then i thought about it because you have to think about why do you want what you want right, right. all of us go through and even I was blindly following this and that. And I thought, okay, I want to do something more, but I don't know what. How many times are we going to look at ourselves and be like, this, that, this, that. We need to look at ourselves beyond this, that, this, that thing. At ourselves and be like, that's not me. I'm not this thing. I'm not that thing. I'm not this relationship. I'm not this achievement. I'm not going to be this milestone. It's not. It's really not. You, you think life is all these things, but it's not. And that's what we're grown up thinking because that's what everyone puts, puts us through. Like maybe uh, like it's unconscious. I'm not saying people are screwing us over. I'm, like, <laughs> you know, like movies and everything, man. Yeah. Movies, education. In education, we're like, they're, they tell us, oh, I, I kid you not. Um, even in Canada, we have like levels of classes. Okay from middle school, from grade seven. You're either this level or this level, this level. So there's university level and there's college level and there's workplace level. Oh, okay. So from seventh grade, you choose okay. which level you're gonna go into. Oh. So university is considered highest, highest form of education. College is considered like middle, I don't know. <laughs> workplace means like you have no interest in going to higher education. Something like that. I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't know exactly. Cause I, I went straight to the university thing. I just chose him. This is in grade seven, right? Uh, I, in grade seven, I remember for some of the courses, I was not recommended the university thing. They actually recommend it like the college thing. Okay. They don't know. I went out and like ended up getting this <laughs> much education in university. <laughs> um, so what I'm essentially what I'm saying here is like everyone tells you all these all this bullshit is opinions and they mean nothing. It means jack shit, dude. It means nothing. 
I don't know if I should be saying that here. Sadhguru <laughs> <laughs> okay. always says bullshit. Yesterday also in the, uh, he was talking about bull, no? Yeah. I think he didn't say the second part because it is a live version. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, just, I just wanted to go back to that, yeah. that one thing because it really, I know I might be going a little slow and going a little bit in detail, but it's very important that everybody understands where this is coming from because i'm sure some of you may have, have had similar experiences do we want to decide our own lives as an individual do as an individual do i want to decide my own life or do i want my surroundings to decide for me what to do because then it'll just like you know bring you down you don't want to do that you really and it's very unfortunate that this is the way our current systems are designed to to really bring people down it's not designed in a way that people are empowered it's systemic it's i'm not saying it's necessarily on purpose but um anyways the education system per itself was designed like that i did a little bit of research onto that Let's not get into that. It's best not to <laughs> at this period of time. So back to the main point. Relationship, education, family, friends, good, everything, right? Finance is fine. My family is I come from a well-off family. I didn't have to concern myself about these things. I went to the master's, decided to separate from my then partner because I wanted to move forward. She didn't. She wouldn't accept it. And I knew that the way she was, she wouldn't want to. And I gave her many chances. She wouldn't. And she was just, no. Okay. I'll stop there about this. <laughs> no, <best>. go. <laughs> <laughs> this is in close. You can't stop. <laughs> you told me specifically if you feel like you don't ask, then you ask. <laughs> so I'm asking. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't say too many things. I have to be yeah, diplomatic yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, but I can say, okay, simply, simply, I felt. Give an example, like what, something that happened so that, you know, we can get to know what she, you wanted, because you're saying like she had status quo, but what does that mean? Like in a, like <laughs> something. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, simply, let me begin by sharing this. Simply, she was an emotional drain and an energy drain. Yeah. I use different explanations for this, but it's best not to go into that at this time. Um, <clears throat> examples it's really hard to come up with examples this was a while this was a few years ago um she was a wonderful person honestly no no problem with that but for example i would be spontaneous and change plans like that and i would be okay with it mm -hmm. i've always been like that like okay this is what we need to do okay let's do this instead it's better or a better option or the situation's changed so we do this we do that but she just didn't she wasn't she wasn't down for that man she's just like freaking out and he's like no this is the plan there's nothing wrong with that it's just a different kind of um personality like that where i'm looking at how can we make something better and she's like no no this is what i want to do i'm going to do this i'm going to stick to this uh, which is fine but when it trickles into more fundamental aspects of life where i have a growth mindset and she had a fixed mindset about certain fundamental things that didn't work and I was always a very more, I was a much more inclusive individual. I'm not going to say she was not inclusive. Again, I, this is, I can't go by comparison, 
But what I mean is, I would. This might not. This is this is not the popular thing to say, and this is something that I I remember telling a friend of mine in high school, uh, university undergrad. This is like not the right thing to say, but I told him, and he he just looked at me and said anything. I don't know if he'll see this. He probably won't see this. I was like, you know, dude, if I get a girlfriend, or if I get married. I forget what I said after that, but the main. But then I said, I'm not the type of person to stay at home and just do whatever, because if the situation demands, if something is supposed to, you know, if I'm supposed to do, I would put everything over this, because for me, the greater, what's greater, like the greater good. I don't want to use the word greater good. Good, it's not saying it's good. Something's good. Something's not good. But um, something that's for the greater betterment. For me, is great is a higher priority than what simply benefits only me. Which, um, <clears throat> in a relationship, is not always desired. It's like um, like everybody wants um, every, every, um, every girl might want a Superman, but they don't. You know, they don't want to, they may not want to marry a Clark Kent. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But there's some, there's, there's some, uh, um, there's some saying, something similar. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with it, but I can't remember. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like you want someone homely. I'm not really necessarily like that. And I could see that. I could just see this girl is just going to be tortured. And she Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe everyone wants a Clark Kent, but they don't want a Superman. Is it like that? Because yeah, Clark will always like be at the, home, do a job. Yeah. <laughs> Superman is out to rescue the world. Yeah, exactly. Now, I'm not Superman, but um, it's essentially that. Like, And I could see this woman was being tortured simply by the way I was being already. So in the future, she would be not so good. So I, one thing is I don't know anything, but I can just see how patterns would play out. And I'm just like, nah, dude, this girls she was already like i could just see that aspect was not going to work out this is one of many things but the other thing i said emotional and energy drain and i think that probably comes to her not being able to understand and this is very important you know like we rush into relationships when we're young um why we want to feel more complete we want to feel like we're worth something our self-worth is attached to something outside of ourselves. We don't even know what we are. I'm not this body. Seriously, how can you be this body? You accumulated with the food that you ate, right? Look at it logically. Anyways, we'll get into this experientially later. Um, so I was actually illustrating, <laughs> back to the main point, I was illustrating these things that I had that everyone else said, like, you know, you do this, you do that, you'll like this, you'll like that. But I was looking for something more. And then this guy who's, you know, on the path to building a successful tech company coming from Silicon Valley, who knows all these particular individuals, he's asking me these things. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, I don't know. But I don't know if I need a billion-dollar tech company to, to get a wife or something. I don't know. It's just like, you know, all these kinds of things. But then I realized, like, maybe this is why people want to do it. Then I, I think it was at that point I went, like, fully searching in. I took this course called Lifebook. Um, if you're an Isha meditator, Lifebook, yeah. So Lifebook, there were like three three stages to it when I took it. So the first course, the second course, the third course. But simply put, Lifebook is a program where they take 
life, break it down into 13 categories. Um, or sorry, 12 categories. It's like a workshop. It's like a workshop. Mm, yeah, it's online. So first was, so there were different um, stages. The first one was like, I'm just going to explain to you overall how Lifebook works instead of going into like yeah. the, the stages I took because there's no point. Basically, you take life, break it down into 12 categories. They have a 13th category, which was like an extra program I didn't take um, because after that. Anyways, 12 categories. What are they? So they have, I think five of them are personal life and the remaining ones are for like your relationships and um, career and all these things. So there was all these things, okay? Um, I don't even remember. It's like like mind and emotions and spirituality and love and um, parenting. These are different categories that I'm listening that I remember. Career, financial life, quality of life, life vision. I don't know if that's 12, but it's okay. I think you all get the point. It, it was those and maybe some more. So overall, I didn't, I, I, like I said, one, two, three stages. I did the first stage, I did the second stage, and I didn't even get to the third stage. I actually download, I have all the material for the third stage, but I just couldn't start it. So the first stage was for all of those categories, you find a few micro things you can do to improve them. The second stage was to create a full vision for all the categories, and by the end, you have a life vision. My life vision was like this crazy beautiful thing. It was like, it was like, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, um, you can think of it, a beautiful mansion in uh, in rural Italy, where vineyards and hills are, oh. <laughs> rolling up into it with a premium, um, say a Maybach or a Lamborghini. That would be my vehicle, and this <laughs> and this would be my summer home. So that was part of my vision, right? And that's something else I had for vacation. Something else I had for um, <clears throat> for. Uh, career, which is probably like some like multi-billion dollar or whatever, like huge thing. And I was helping all these people do this and that. And um, from mind, I had this, my emotions, my spiritual life, all these things I had written. And I was like, oh, this is cool. But there was something that was off. I had the whole life vision. I went through a process. And this is a process that's worked for many people. This is a way to consciously create something wonderful in your life. And this, there's like a whole group of people that have used Lifebook. It's a very good thing. Um, but there was something else. So I actually started the third, um, the third stage. It was called like Lifebook Boot Camp, Lifebook Boot Camp. And it was how do you go from where you are to what you've created, to what, you know, you've, to the North Star that you've created step by step. And they were going to guide you to how you can actually make that happen. And I'm just like, dude, this is awesome. I got it. I was going for it. First week, I didn't even do it. It was challenging. And by the way, I I don't think these guys will watch it. So, so anyways, even if they do, I don't mind sharing this. Um, but in the the second one, where we had to actually create vision for all of them, all the categories, I asked the people who created the course. It's a couple. Um, so they did like a video, like a live video session, like zoom type thing. So we were able to, in the chat box, type our questions. Cause I had this question at the time I typed, I asked, how do I know what I really want? Or how do I know what I want? Something like that. I was basically questioning, dude, I don't know what I want. Like, and he actually read that question okay. and he laughed. I was just like, 
you don't know what you're talking about. Because he laughed at me saying, how do you not know? And he didn't answer. And, and when he said that, I'm just like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. But I don't know why I felt immediately that he doesn't know what he's talking about. But later on, I would learn why. Because um, asked someone else that question. Oh, okay. And I didn't get an answer. It was my IE teacher. Oh. No, it's not enough. <laughs> not even that it wasn't even not even that um so before we get to that so that's a little bit of foreshadowing so we're not going to get to that yet because we're still at the life book thing and so i finished the vision thing somehow right i got to the boot camp and i'm like why aren't i doing it I'm like laying in bed and i'm like i'm not doing it this is literally the way for me to make what i wanted to happen to create a plan and then actually execute on it. Because one thing I was good at was making things happen with all my other previous experience. But I didn't necessarily know what I needed to do or what I wanted to do or how I wanted to do it. So I'd always struggle. Oh, one other thing I forgot to add. Um, at this point in time, maybe for several months, I think by this point I might have finished, stopped doing it. But before this, when I was in the Masters, or maybe before the Masters, it's kind of embarrassing to share, but I'm going to share it for you. And uh, yes, close. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be shaking close. So there's a Britain's number one therapist. Okay. Her name is Marissa Pierre. I don't know if she's always number. I think she was like named number one one time for something oh. recently. Whatever it was, she's a hypnotherapist, oh. and it's like very powerful. She had an audio that she released for free through something that I got from her email list and it was on confidence. Mm. Um, the one thing I had come across was the confidence matters, this, that, whatever bullshit. So <laughs> because I knew this person's thing, her, um, her thing, like her um, hypnotherapy worked, I was like, I'm going to do this. So it's like a 20 minute thing. You just lay down and then you just listen to it and you do whatever it says while you're sleeping not sleeping but you awake you're just laying down i did it before i would do it and then fall asleep so i i did i don't know how long i did that. i did it for months oh okay i did for months to develop confidence but it wasn't until much later that i realized confidence without clarity is a disaster but we'll get to that <laughs> are you noting down this what do I want to get back to? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the audience can type. They'll yeah. be like, nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they would ask that now, but non sapta. Ninga sapting la Oh, <laughs> so see i had this beautiful vision everything was done ready right why couldn't i execute on it why couldn't i create the plan to do it what was wrong with me so actually during my master's as i mentioned it the goal was it the goal of that was to learn to build a startup by building a startup um so i started one my partner left the country and then i was in the whole um, political landscape and the whole um, municipal all these things weren't conducive so we had to stop and I had to work on a different project and for that project I went on vacation for a week and I realized one thing so this is before I did a life book um, no, no no 
this before or after I did life both? I think this was, um, yeah. This was probably after I did life book. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It all happened like around the same time. So I went to this vacation. One thing I realized is like, dude, I'm on this vacation. There's beautiful beaches. There's incredible food. Like when I say incredible food, I mean like like global cuisines and I was able to eat like whatever I wanted, right? And beautiful beaches isn't like, you know, you know Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. So there's an island where they shoot a certain um, part of that movie. I went there as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went on that beach. It was beautiful. So it's like that kind of a place and all these palm trees. It's just gorgeous. And yet my mind was stuck on all that project that I had to work on. Why? Because what we were working on was an AI chatbot through Facebook Messenger. <clears throat> and we were, we were using APIs to pull data from Instagram. Maybe it got too technical. Basically, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> who founded Start, Start, who founded Facebook, was called into Congress. Congress is some U.S. legal entity, like a court type thing. I don't know if I should say court type thing. I don't know. I'm not American. It's okay if I don't know. <laughs> um, and because of that, there was a huge issue. Not just him. Even the, the CEO of Google was also called out. Um, these guys were like, we don't understand your tech and this and that. So because of that, once all that situation was happening, the APIs that we're using got blocked. So basically this thing that was built that we were working on, we were going to work on because my partner had, had built it and we we're going to work on it. Um, it just, boom, it's not working. And this happened right before I went on this vacation. So I went on this vacation and then I was like following out with him like, hey, how's it going? All this, all that. What are we going to do? What's our other project going to be? Because I was in the master's and I was like, we're going to, because we had decided to work together. And this guy was like highly capable tech guy. He'd already built and sold. No, he'd not sold. He had built a company and then it, something happened. They got screwed by um, <clears throat> FDA. That's his story to tell, not mine. But we were working on this thing and then this happened very quickly. So why on this beautiful vacation with this food and all these things and it would, it's like what paradise would be. Um, yet so frequently I caught myself just thinking about this stupid thing back home, which I had no control over. Shouldn't I have control over my mind, my thoughts? I'm like, it, right. It's like this. I'm drinking coconut water. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm drinking coconut water. Ah, umbrella, umbrella, beautiful umbrella. Maybe here's a photo, photos here. All right, I'm drinking coconut water, for example, and then I'd be like thinking about like, some stupid thing. I'd be like, hmm, what if we did this? What if we that? Da, da, da. Oh, coconut water's over. <laughs> you missed the moment. I miss the coconut water. Oh, I miss coconut water right now. I can't go outside because of this lockdown. No coconut water, man. And I can see the palm trees. <laughs> It's just like, oh, pull this out. Um, that's, that's me pulling down a coconut. Okay. <laughs> so it was like that. That was a kind of experience. I actually made a video during that time. And I could see my face if I go back. Like, I could feel myself kind of being pulled. Maybe that was also because of the alcohol that I drank. Um, they had interesting alcohol. It was unlimited alcohol as well. Again, and that... <laughs> And actually, during that time, I thought it was really strange. So much food is wasted. And it was like, there's a, there's a very specific socioeconomic strata of people like us. We came from Canada and US and the UK and whatever. And people who lived in that particular, this is in the Caribbean, people who lived in that area were <clears throat> working to make that happen. And 
people like us who came were not treating things with respect. People would plate, fill up their plates and just like, not like try it and just you know, throw it. I'm just like, seriously, is this how we're living? I did my best not to do that, but I could see there was certain negligence among many people, even um, like this. A similar experience when I went to Dubai. I also traveled to Dubai for some time and um, saw like that in hotels. Um, traveled across Europe as well. So, you know, you see all this kind of wastage. You think there's something weird going on. So I see all these kinds of weird things around me. And then I'm like, why is my mind thinking of all this crap? I'm in a beautiful place and I'm not saying it. What the hell is wrong with me? I left. I was doing my life book. And then when I was doing my life book, I stopped. I'm like, I have this beautiful vision. These are my experiences. Why don't I do this vision? So I think at that point, when I'd come to from the vacation, I was working on a life book. It's like, there's something wrong, buddy. There is something majorly wrong in the way that I'm doing things. I just don't know what that is or anything. And then one of the things in life book was like for my mind and my spirituality meditation. So I actually learned meditation from Nandapani. So I did that for a few days. But then I wanted like a powerful course. I took a course with Emily Fletcher. Um, Emily Fletcher teaches Ziva meditation. She actually studied in 10 years in an ashram and then in India. Uh, just a little bit of background on her. And then she's teaching Ziva meditation online. It has like, you know, like Pranayam type stuff. So I actually learned from her and I did it. And at that time, it was powerful. It was really good. My anxiety and my stress went down. And she had different uh, meditations. Like she had one that you could do to like when you wanted to sleep and all these things. So I actually learned from her online. This was pretty cheap. It was only a few hundred dollars, which I say is cheap because normally a session with her for one hour costs over a thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's with so many people, but this is video um, online. So I, which I paid for. It's not like you can just go and find it. Uh, so I took that and it was really helpful. All these things started going away. I know it was wonderful. And by the way, I had no idea about this whole like life book thing. I was like, I don't know. I just put it aside. And I was like, I'm not going to look at it. I have no idea what I'm going to do. And at this point, something started happening and I got connected to these people to work on a new project. And these are people who had built tech companies before. Um, so I'll get a little bit into that. Before that, I did, as I mentioned, I was doing competitions, winning some, losing many. Um, so I got to go to the Canada's number, Canada's biggest hackathon or like whatever. It's in Waterloo. The, one of the cities I mentioned, the city that I grew up in, Kitchener, which is right beside it. It's like the same kind of thing. KW, they call it Kitchener, Waterloo. And there I went and lo and behold, there was a billionaire who was speaking. Oh. And I don't know if I can say his name. Yeah. Does it matter? Probably not. It's Chamathali Patia. Um, he was one of the early Facebook executives. Like he was one of the early, early Facebook hires. Facebook hired a few people early on and he was one of them. And this guy's goal was to get people onto Facebook. So when, if he got zero, so when he joined is like whatever few amount of people, if he got from Facebook from zero to 1 billion users, he would... Yeah, he would automatically vest shares or earn a billion dollars or whatever. I don't know how they did it, but he would get a billion dollars for getting a billion people on Facebook. And then his next milestone 
If he gets 2 billion people on Facebook, $2 million. So this is like a dream type thing, right? So this guy, um, by the time he was 40, he was a billionaire because he got a billion people on Facebook. <laughs> That's his job. So he comes and he, I was second or third row, man. And I sat there and beside me was actually my friend, another guy in tech. And he's also like, he does, he's doing pretty well. And this guy said, dude, Chamath talks just like you. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you what happened. He went on, Chamath went on to say some very completely different things from what you'd expect from a tech guy. He said, we all have insecurities. And he talked about addressing those insecurities. He said that, you know, he earned money and he could have anything at the push of a button, this, that, parties, whatever. But it did not resolve his insecurities. And when he got to do that, he, he did his own thing. You know, he read some books and he probably talked to some people and he did something to overcome his insecurities, whatever he did. But that hit me. I don't know. There are hundreds of people there. I don't know if anyone else got hit, touched by that like I did, but it touched me. I was like, he's right. This is it. I think I feel the seeds coming. Uh, oh no. <laughs> we had to play the Corona song. <laughs> corona. corona. <laughs> uh, can we play it here? Can I just like dance to it? Like, yeah. I don't have the do you want me to play the song? <laughs> no, no, you can just add in the background. You can just add in the background for that little you, thing, you, like we're dancing. <laughs> you're making me edit so much. Oh <laughs> no, that's good. It'll be funny. It'll be fun for everyone. Otherwise, I feel like I'm boring people um, if I go too much in detail. Um, but I feel like it's needed. If someone has enough attention that they pay, they'll be able to see and really feel in some way why I'm saying what I'm saying and what it could mean to them. So with him, this is what it ended up for me within where I'm like, this guy, you know, over a billion dollars can have whatever he wants. Just to give you a little bit of a snapshot, this guy never does groceries or anything. Everything that shows up at his door, at his door, like he has all the money in the world. He can do anything he wants. He doesn't have to go grocery shopping, no chores, nothing. I'm not saying these are bad things to do, but essentially, you know, when this is the kind of a dream that we're given, like, oh, this is what I don't like. I don't want to do what I don't like. This guy essentially has resources so that he never has to do anything he doesn't like. He can just pay someone to do something he doesn't like. But that didn't solve his insecurities. So no matter how much you gather, it doesn't solve your insecurities. I didn't get that. But I knew there was something more. I was like, what is it? What is it? What am I going to do? So I think this, so this was a few weeks after that. The project that I was working on with these guys that I mentioned, they actually liked the work that I was doing. And they were like, um, oh, hey, uh, do you want to continue with this? We think it's good, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They gave me a term sheet. Let me clarify what that means. Yeah, term sheet is. <laughs> they basically said like, yeah, we'll give you a salary. Okay. We'll invest in the, pro in the, in the, in the venture. Um, you just have to match our investment. But to match our investment, they weren't expecting me to bring my own money. And I actually had ways to achieve grants, to win grants from the university. Grants means like it's money that I get for free that I don't have to give back. But the only reason I get is because um, these are public institutions. They want to support, you know, like young entrepreneurs in university and stuff to grow and build the next whatever. 
So these are things that the government has set out, plans that the initiatives that the government has set out for, for youth everywhere, even in India, actually. I don't know what it's called, SMSE something, SME something. There's something, I don't remember. I know, I know somebody who knows somebody who's the head of that. And, and that's why I heard a little bit about it. But basically I was like, okay, I'm set. I don't have to give anything. I don't have any, I don't have to like, there's nothing, um, there's no like debt I would accrue. I would give these grants and these guys are going to match the investment. They also have a massive, massive network. They know these billionaires and they know all these athletes. When I say athletes, like NFL athletes, NBA athletes, they're like friends with them. They're like up there. So any kind of strategy, whatever I would want to do, it was like all open. This was a massive opportunity. I told them I'll think about it. Instead of saying yes, that's what I said. I went back, I consulted a few people. I'm like, this is a term sheet they're giving me. I got mixed opinions. Like term sheet isn't like, this is the amount of ownership I would get after this much and when I hit these milestones. And I was just like, I don't know if this is it. I told them no. Everything I had worked towards, the life book and all these things, things were happening. Why did I say no? And I had no reason. <laughs> One main reason is that that wasn't really what I wanted to do, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So then I, I said, no, I'd left my girlfriend. I literally had nothing, man, as far as like anything I had done other than what my family had provided me. That's a little bit of an insecurity that can hit you right there, right? Like, what have I done? I'm 22, whatever. At that time, I was 22. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to move forward. So at that point, I'd been listening to Sadhguru for six months. Oh, is it? Yeah, so I think maybe one other reason I might not have been able to do a life book is probably because I first, I might have listened to Sadhguru and felt something inside me like, I know this is off, this is, there's something weird, right? But I took the inner engineering program. So actually, before I took the inner engineering program, I had two job offers. So somehow after this, I got two job offers. Um, and then I took the inner engineering program. I took the engineering program and this is so stupid of me. I, I, I told you guys, I'm like, let me, let me tell you after that weekend, I met these guys and I said, I'll tell you in a few weeks. Why? Because I was going to tell them after I did engineering, I was expecting some answer on what the hell I would oh, do in my life. Okay. This was the stupidest thing ever because after I did engineering, I came out and I'm like, I said, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so newsflash. Inner engineering is not going to be the answer to your, <laughs> your problems. But it gave me something more, actually. It gave me something even more powerful because I actually went in as a little bit of a skeptic because I'd watched some reviews and I'm like, it sounds cool, but like, you know, what are these guys talking about? It sounds a little over the top. Like, let's be honest. If you're not, a, if you haven't, <laughs> like, even, it, it sounds pretty over the top. But then after I did it, it's, it's like way, way beyond over the top that I looked at it. It's like my experience was something else totally. Um, but so I remember I went on the first day of the interim. So it was four days. The first two days were Thursday, Friday for three hours, 69, 69. And then Saturday, Sunday was all day, like morning tonight, early morning tonight, <laughs> like 12 hours and something like that. So the first day I went after the three hours and I asked, I asked the teacher two questions. Firstly, the the, the volunteers are incredible. I had no idea this is the way the volunteers were. I'm like, dude, these people are like something else. They're incredible. I don't know what, like, this is the way they were. And the teacher, I'm like, this, this person's unusual. <laughs> never, 
it was just weird. I had no words for it, right? But I had no words for it, but I've never come across any person like that at that time. I'm like, can, can a person, this is, it, but I couldn't think. I had no thoughts. I was just looking. I'm like, I just, am I in like Narnia? Is a different world? Like what's going on? You know, it was, it's kind of like that where you've transitioned with the people who are just totally different and the space is different. It's set up for a very specific purpose and everybody's like this, like, first day i went to the teacher after the three hours and then um, <clears throat> i asked her two simple questions three things actually <laughs> one one was how do i know what i want and the second question was what um and how do i know what i want is what i really want mm. <laughs> and then the third question was well, I want to do a dark. I'm like, I want to do a dark retreat. Uh, do you think I should like learn this and then go do the dark retreat? What is dark retreat? So news. Let me like not news flash. What the hell? <laughs> I wanted what I wanted to do before that for a few months was a dark retreat, which means you basically go into a room, no light, and you just stay there. So my goal, I what I wanted was to stay there for like 40 days or like two months or three Ooh. months. Yeah. So when I say no light, it's like basically there's a place I found I think in Venezuela. So it's like this big tree and it's yeah it's kind of almost like a cave but it's not a cave it's like a big tree or something and there's like you go in and they have doors i'm making it sound like a jail but it kind of is like a jail because <laughs> but it's not actually a jail it's on purpose so you go inside you have a door and you have two little trap doors so they would open like this you know okay. like something like that and then there will be one and behind it another one and in between there'll be a space so that's where the food will be kept they would close it and then when you open it and then you get your food and the food would be like organic vegan food from the organic farm um so that's what i wanted to do i was like oh i'm gonna go do this thing i was literally like planning for it at that point so let me go back a little bit further this happened before i started my master's my friends may not remember this but i literally had looked up monasteries in thailand and in india near the himalayas that i was going to go to after finishing my master's. I was like, dude, guys, I'm gonna go to some of these. You guys wanna join me? I was like, these Buddhist monasteries and stuff and just stay there for a week or two weeks or something and just do whatever, like whatever you're supposed to do. I just really had this longing, but I didn't know what it was. And then I was like, yeah, I'll do it at some point. Another thing I looked at was like doing martial arts or Muay Thai or something in Bali. So these are all, this was like, I knew I wanted to go somewhere for like a month or a few weeks or something to work on myself and grow. But in what way? I had no idea. And then, so like after a year or whatever, I took inner engineering and I asked the teacher about this darkness retreat. She didn't know what it was. I think she didn't know what it was. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but in my head, I imagine just like staying in the dark for like 40 days and just like, you know, coming out like whoosh. either that or just like crazy, but insane. But I was hoping it wouldn't come out insane. So I wouldn't be very nice with it. Um, so this Did is the answer. Did you get the answers? I'm waiting for the answer. I can't stop myself from asking. <laughs> she said, mm, "Ask me on the, f ask me after the fourth day," okay. and she stopped. And then she said, "No, ask me after the third day." Okay. Oh, okay. And I was like, "Okay." Third day. I don't know what happened. I went home, mm -hmm. and I just broke down crying. I had never experienced this before. This was something totally different. 
um, it was a strong realization that I had lived my life for naught. My whole life, whatever 22, 23 years, I had done 23 years, 23 years. I did not live my life to the fullest. And that hurt. It wasn't just tears streaming. Like I was like crying. Like I felt pain. Like I didn't do this. But at the same time, a bright light of gratitude just broke through that. I'm trying to describe it because I'm not saying I saw some weird light. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but it, it felt like that, you know? It felt like this whole, like a seed of gratitude sprouted and like it, its light just shone through across through after a while after that pain. <laughs> it shone Burton through that pain. That's when I saw, dude, I can do something about it now. So grateful. And the fourth day I went and then I did the program and then the tears came out for like 10 minutes or more. I don't know, 20 minutes. Tears literally would not stop streaming. I don't know if it was 20 minutes or 30 minutes. I do not know. And tears is one thing, but it was like something exploded. And it was like, it was like, it was just an overflowing something. I'd never felt that way before. And when I say never felt that way before, nothing physical or emotional or mental had ever touched me like that. Seriously. It felt better than intercourse, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. Like, yeah. I'm serious. I was just like, I didn't do anything. All I did was close my eyes and sit. Like, I opened my eyes. I'm just like, this? So there's something far more than physical. I knew there is it. And I felt, I'm like, this is a path. Like, this is the way. And then I, so if you, I, I mentioned that like before the program, I told the, the two people that were offering me jobs, I said, I'll tell you guys like which one I'll choose after this time. So after I took engineering, I was like, dude, I still don't know. <laughs> so even with all this, I still didn't know shit, but I had clarity, like there's, there's something more. But anyways, all that happened and then I ended up not going with either of them. And then I, I interviewed for a lot of jobs and then I didn't get any of them for many jobs I interviewed and I didn't get them. And one person, I actually called her for conversation. She was a director of a tech company and she's like, she was not happy with me because it was just a conversation. And she was like, you clearly, she, she's like, what are you passionate about? I'm like, I don't know. And I just started talking about like yoga. And then she was like, oh. see, this is what really matters to you. Oh, okay. Not this, you know, like, not, not what they were doing. They were, were they working on like some networks, IT networks and stuff. She's like, dude, you should do that. And then I'm like, what? What is she talking about? And then, so I was just like super confused. I didn't know what the hell to do. So I kept searching and searching and trying to figure it out, man. I'm glad I did this because when I look around, a lot of people are not looking and they're just happy with what they've been fed. I have a very simple question to ask anybody who's watching. Do you choose what to eat or do you simply just see what's in front of you and eat it when you're hungry there's a big pile of crap in front of you do you just eat it or do you look at or do you use your sense to look for something that makes sense when you're hungry to consume it's just like that we don't live our lives like that we just sit here and we see all these our idea of whatever society is in front of us and we just take it and we just operate out of that. Why are we operating out of this 
thing that doesn't make any sense? Why are we not operating out of our internal compass? Why are we not get, taking the time to look within ourselves? It's just really stupid. So after that, things just really started. I had so many benefits from my, um, I started being punctual and being on time, but then I struggled as well with the practice. The main thing is like, for some reason, after a few weeks, I felt sick. And I had like blocked nose. And I'm like, dude, I can't do this. Because basically, you need both nose, both um, sides free when you do the practice. And I'm just like, why am I struggling so much? This is so hard. Like, <laughs> first of all, sometimes I feel lazy not to do it. So we're supposed to do it twice a day for 40 days after we learn it. Well, I'm so lazy to do it the second time. And then my nose is blocked. I'm like, uh, I actually missed like two days okay. in the evening. A few days. Maybe two days or one day. And then I, I made up for it afterwards. Um, which is not true. You're supposed to actually restart, but I didn't realize it afterwards. So it's okay. It's okay. Whatever. Have you completed Mantra 2 now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe not. I think I should. No, I, I would have completed the Mandala for it. Like like straight up for Shambhavi, yes. But I didn't do the Mandala for any of my other practices. Maybe for Shakti Chona, but not for the Hatha Yoga. I say maybe for Shakti Chona because... I'll tell you what happened about that. This is like not a good story to tell. But so I went looking for work. And then the most strange thing is work came to me when I wasn't even looking for it. And it came from me from the least, un, the most unexpected place. So this is the one thing I want to share with everyone is that like when you have a certain idea within you, a certain model of reality or something, you've seen something like this is it. That's not it. Whatever you think is it, that's not it. Because it's like you're trying to hold on to air but you can't, you just, can you grab hold of hair? You can't. So it's essentially like that. You, you've created an object. It's just, let's say I'm holding onto this something right now. I'm imagining there's something here. So I might feel the sensations and I'm holding onto it, but really there's nothing there. So I'm concretizing ideas, holding onto them. Even after I, even after BSP, I was still kind of doing that. I need to be broken down. So let me tell you how I was broken <laughs> down. Yeah, like I beaten down. I was, I was smashed. Um, so I graduated after that from master's in June. I got a call from a CEO the day I graduated. I graduated, we finished the ceremony. I was talking to people, we're hanging out. I had the gown on, like I was still at the ceremony place. Got a call. I missed a missed call. I'm like, who's this? And so I call back after like 10, 15 minutes because that's when I saw it was the CEO of this tech company. And then she's like, oh, yeah, we had some email correspondence. I got referred to her by someone whom they really trust their advisor. And that person knows me. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I don't. She's like, oh, you're graduating. It's okay. We can talk later. I said, no, we're just fine. We can talk now. I'm like, it's not really a big deal. But I'd already talked to people. And I was like, I don't, this lady can talk to me for 15, 20 minutes. She must be busy, whatever. Talked to her for 20 minutes. And that conversation was incredible because she started asking questions. And the discussion formed into something that was like something that we would all mutually benefit from. And I didn't have to really put in all this other work that I did. It's kind of like things just manifested if I simply let them. And if I didn't get in the way of life. I was getting in the way of life, man. If I just sat there and allowed life to happen, something beautiful beyond my imagination would happen. And that's exactly what happened here. 
20 minutes later, she's like, I think this could work. Come meet me in the office, something like that, she said. So two weeks later, I went, I saw her. I met her and the other founder. Um, and this was a pretty big deal because they had tech that was pretty good. Um, they seemed to know what they were doing. They had worked at companies like Amazon and Royal Bank Canada, and they were executives. One of them had built a company before from scratch and grown it. So I was like, okay, these are people who know what they're doing. This is the path. This is what I was doing, right? But life had other plans for me. So this was working out and I volunteered for inner engineering for the first time. And this was more powerful than actually doing the inner engineering program. Dude, like volunteering is something else totally, but only if you totally give yourself. And if you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. It's fine. When you, when you volunteer for the program, they'll tell you how to volunteer. For it. <laughs> they'll, they'll tell you what the instructions are. So you just, you just show up and you just do it. Watch a Salyu video on what volunteering is. <laughs> it's, and, then, and then do it. So, and this was on a Purnima, which means full moon. I'm not going to tell you something like believe this, believe that. But essentially, when it's a full moon, even today, I can feel a difference for full moon and new moon. There's certain changes that happen within my system. So I can be more tuned in to nature. I'm more receptive to things. Um, and this is very true because it's not just my experience. It's many other people's experience. And this is not some hallucinatory thing. This is truth. Now you just ask, how do, how do we measure this? How, how are you going to measure? Like, you can only measure something that an instrument of measurement can measure. An instrument of measurement can only measure something physical. But how can I tell you whatever is in my experience, where physically it's manifesting? How can I tell you this? So stop looking for reasoning behind this. But try to know it. Try to just keep yourself open and see what's happening in the life around you. I'm not saying throw away reason, but I'm not talking to you or not. I'm talking to like <laughs> some audience, whatever they're thinking. <laughs> um, so I went ahead, volunteered for IE. It was super powerful beyond anything and you know what happened man i was in tears so many times i was just like what's happening i was literally like sitting outside like this like and there's a wasp i'm just looking at the wasp and then <laughs> and it was like this wasp is it was just so beautiful like no thoughts nothing it was just so beautiful the teacher said next weekend we're having a children's program like, okay cool we need volunteers i was like all right, I'll go. So actually after inner engineering, one day later, I did, I finished my training for Upa Yoga um, facilitator training. Um, so now I'm, I was, then I've got um, certified or what I don't, I don't have a word, but I got approved. Approved. Yeah. I got approved as Upa Yoga Ishanga. Right now I'm supposed to be doing Isha Kriya Ishanga training, but I'm not because I came here. So that's, put on hold <laughs> so I went to this children's program so this is the fully raw and unfiltered version I'm going to tell you right now I did not tell my parents when I went so my parents got me a car like it's like a nice luxury sports car which is also another thing which one tell us, tell us the car we want the car which one? Which one? <laughs> you put a picture of it up here no 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 tell the car, tell the car. <laughs> I'm not putting any pictures podcast no pictures <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, so it was, I finished my bachelor's degree. My dad wanted to get me a car and I said, no, I don't want a car. I'm like, what am I going to do with a car? And he's like, um, 
I don't know, it'll be useful. You can use to travel, this, that. I was using my dad's like really old car. And I didn't even want that car. I just said no to that car. I'm like, I don't want this gas guzzling machine. It's so stupid. I was like full on idiot environmentalist mode. I was like, I'm going to take the bus. So I, I went to work on a bus for three days or four days, whatever it was. And um, <clears throat> hour and a half each way. So after four days, I gave up. I said, yeah, dude, I'll take the car. <laughs> That's how weak I was. <laughs> it was just not practical, right? Hour and a half each way. Yeah. Um, Three hours total. Which is because of that. Then I would come home. I have to like eat and make food. All the, it just didn't work. So then I started using the car. And then a year later, my dad was like, I'm going to get you a new car. And he was like, I'm going to get you this a new Honda car. Oh. And then I was like, I frankly don't care about having a car. So I said, no, that's okay. And I, I don't know why I thought this. I'm like, if you want to get me a car, you get me something else. Get me like a nicer vehicle. Like what? Like, get me like a Mercedes or a BMW or something. Okay. He's like, what? No. I was like, okay, I don't want a car anyways. And then I was like, well, how will you feel if your son rides in a brand new premium luxury vehicle as opposed to um, you know, uh, like a classic sedan, nothing wrong with that, but I didn't want a car anyways, but I just thought to myself, well, if he really wants to give me a car, I might as well, you know, go for something really nice. Otherwise, if I don't get a car, I have nothing to lose. I didn't want it anyways. <laughs> so that was my mentality at the time. So then he's like, okay. So then he got me. Um, so then we went to the Mercedes dealership. I said, I had one, I had a car. There's a car I had my eye on. It was the Mercedes Benz C-Class Coupe. Okay. Um, it was, so I got the, ended up getting the C300, but I got it with the um, AMG looks. So it's not Whoa. the AMG engine, but it looks like an AMG. Oh, okay. Because AMG engine uses a lot of gas and it also costs like ten fifteen thousand $15,000 extra. Um, and also you can't, so it's like you're paying a lot more, which is cool if you want to like race and stuff, but I wasn't really going to do that. I was actually going to, I wanted to use it for travel, um, which happened really wonderfully because this was the vehicle. I didn't tell my parents. So this happened. It's so interesting. I was like, went to a party with my parents okay. and then I went home. So I lived in Toronto. My parents lived in Kitchener. So we all went from Kitchener and then I went to my place in Toronto or North York. It's like a suburb, but an area in Toronto. And then they went to Kitchener. And I went to Triple I, which is in Tennessee. So Triple I is Isha Institute of Inner Sciences. It is the Isha Yoga Center in the USA. Um, it's the ashram, Sadhguru's ashram in Tennessee. I didn't tell my parents. <laughs> so, by the way, short note, I did Bhava Spandana program at Triple I um, after like 36 days after I took inner engineering. I came back. My mom said after a few weeks that I'm a totally different person. Actually, no, she didn't tell me that. She actually told me after my time at Triple I the second time for volunteering. She's like, you were different when you came back that time too. I was like, oh. What I didn't know is, so I went to Triple I for this children's program. Dude, I have no idea how life like this could possibly exist. The people that lived there and they were committed to make the space happen, they were, they were so like this. It's like fully on. It was incredible. And I volunteered for this thing. I was in tears so, so many times. Can you imagine? So Mahima Hall is like a big dome. And that's where the kids would, we just lay down and watch like movies on the dome. And I literally lay there for like 40 minutes while the documentary was playing and tears just wouldn't stop. Like just, it was like this, cause I was lying down. But the main thing for me is that it was so beautiful to see children from all over America, ranging from like six to 13 years old, give and take, 
and they were all there playing together. They were all there learning about science, evolution, space, learning Shafi Chalana learning Surya Namaskar. Um, these are powerful processes uh, for people that don't know, especially for children to receive. It's in this proper environment. Mm. So they were learning about all these incredible things. They they did a drama. Oh my God, the kids were super challenging. I got I got to tell you this, like straight up. So they're they're like ridiculous. Okay, so I'm serving food to the kids. I'm like, kid comes. No, 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 I don't want this. At the beginning, they would like not care about anything. But at the end of it, they would at least try a little piece of something they didn't like. I literally gave kids like half a peanut. Can you imagine? <laughs> half a peanut? Like, can you can you can you imagine that? <laughs> like like like. Don't worry, I'll give you a peanut. Let me, uh, it's like I'm cutting the peanut with the big spoon <laughs> for this kid. I'm just like, dude, seriously? <laughs> but there was incredible transformation in these kids. I cannot imagine how you can take a child and ruin them. But that's what we've been doing. <laughs> happened to me. Might happen to you. Might happen to you. I mean, I guarantee it's happened to all of us. Uh, scientists talk about it. I think Carl Sagan has talked about it. Um, they talk about how education systematically destroys the wonder within a child. So this was a way to do something more, to really open up the child to nature. The kids were planting trees as well. Not trees. They can't. They were planting saplings. They can't plant trees. trees are <laughs> they are planting little saplings. It was so beautiful. And I said, I was in tears so many times because I was so touched by what's happening from my like where I came from in my background I had not been so touched so deeply by anything you talk about like you know because in the news in the media uh, when I say media like movies and stuff too everything is not everything is about how can you have more of this how can you have more of that but these are just things how can you love these things there's something interesting um, do, do, do you love people and use things or do you use people and love things but our environment in a way is training us to do the latter training us to use people and love things but this is very beautiful to see that these kids were opening up and just being one with nature and seeing what life is we took them on a hike it was incredible so we took 80 kids on a hike and i was like running around it's like one trail. I was like going quickly forward, backward, carrying the kids over this thing, over like trees, like the tree roots or whatever. And there was like this adorable kid afraid of spiders. And they're like, um, <laughs> this is really funny. Oh, no, my God, there's snakes. I'm so scared of snakes. I was like, what snakes? By the time you all even came near the hiking trail, the snakes all ran off because you're all yelling. <laughs> <laughs> and i never thought i have to, you know i wasn't i didn't even feel any challenges during that time during that program because it was so intense um that, that doesn't mean i did all my sadhana or my practices i like did not i barely did them but i think that's it's okay because it's like program right um and i had always struggled with my practices i still do which is why i actually want to do sadhana pada because I know it's going to help me with that. So actually, I ended up staying four months at AAA. Oh, so yeah. So you know what happened? I wanted to do a boat seva. So they made me a long-term volunteer. Contingent. Uh, they made me a long-term volunteer after I finished this program, and I did long-term volunteering 
uh, for the first week and I got into a boat seva. During a boat seva, I called my, I talked to my dad and I told him like, yeah, so I'm here. He was like, he was chill about it. I was surprised. Oh, yeah. Um, he's like, okay. And then after a few days, I told my mom. So after a few days after I left Triple my mom and my brother went to India. Dude, my mom freaked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my mom was like, okay with it, right? But she just freaked out. Mom's like, what are you doing? Where are you? Who is this Baba? Like, what? Baba? You know, all these things. I said, how could you tell without going? I was like, well, you could have at least told us. You could have at least informed us. I said, but if I did, you wouldn't have let me come. She's like, yeah, so what? <laughs> These, I, I, this is why I knew that. So this is why I didn't tell them. Um, so as for the job, I was supposed to start working with these guys. And then after a few more weeks, I told them. I actually thought about this for a while. It was actually kind of, it was a pretty hard decision. You know, it was, the, it was kind of a dream job that I wanted. So I was working in tech. Or I was trying to, I was working on my own little ventures in tech. And I was like, okay, what do I need to do next? So the next thing I knew was I need to learn from people who've done things, who've actually built like big companies or worked in like certain tech companies and stuff. And they know what to do and I can join them and I can learn from them. And as they scale from like whatever small thing they have to like hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, I would learn from them over the period of five, 10 years. And then I would work on my own thing and then take off and then be like, whatever, build whatever. But this is really, it's a very common thing that a lot of people are doing. I shouldn't say a lot. But the, some people like me who have the balls and whatever to do it, we do it. People have a desire to do it. So to say no to that was, was like kind of tough. So think about it. It's everything you work toward. How would you say no to it? And that's what I thought to myself. And I was like, okay. So I just called the CEO and I told her, I'm like, hey, so I'm not coming. I'm like, I want to do this thing. I want to stay till March. I want, I, I, it was instructed that I should be doing some Yama this year and stuff. I told her, no, I'm not going to come. I'm going to stay. And she's like, oh, Abhishek, we can, we can wait till November. And this was like, uh, like September or August in like, you know, like late August, something like that. I told her, no. Oh. And then afterwards, I tried to like tell her to do inner engineering. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, because of the way she was on the phone, I was like, I feel this lady can benefit. But like, she didn't, she didn't want to do it. It's okay. Whatever. Um, after that, I was just like, what am I going to do? I'm going to stay here. I'm going to give myself away. But take in, I was still inconsistent when I saw that. So right now, you're supposed to wake up at 5.30 at the ashram. But I was now waking up at 5.30, dude. I really, really struggled. I don't know why I struggled so much waking up that early. Sorry, you're supposed to be starting your practices at 5.30. So you should be up earlier. Yeah. You should be at the place to start your practices yeah. at 5.30. So I really struggled with that. So we had a first satsang there for me, the first satsang that I attended there at the ashram. And it's like, mm, come and share. So I went, I shared, and I said straight up. And so I haven't been going in the morning for Guru Puja. I like can't wake up in the morning. Okay. They just laughed at it, but I was like really serious. I was like, I was like something, I'm, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 this is really hard. You know, like, people talk about like i want to go to the ashram and do this do that i don't i can't speak for other people but like the main thing is wherever whether you're in the ashram or outside you can really be the same so when i left the ashram is when i realized this so after four months at triple i 
there were so many challenges. Um, I, I gotta tell you one particular story before I get into that. Let me just finish this. I had left, and then um, I was like, dude, I'm the same as I was in the ashram. Being in the ashram and being really intense, that really helped me. I, I definitely didn't do all my practices like every day or whatever, like I wanted to, but, and I obviously struggled with waking up, with waking up when I wanted to, but maybe because the intensity or the way it was and I, the way I gave myself, I was just feeling the same. I literally had tears coming, even outside of the ashram. And I was like, wow, this is what these things that are being offered by Sadhguru can do for you. It's like a totally different experience of life. So these struggles continued while I was at AAA and I did something stupid. So I went on a trip to um, Rock Island State Park. <clears throat> I don't know if we can have a photo, but I went on this um, basically probably like four or five story high waterfall. So I walked down barefoot, crossed the river, went up into the waterfall and I was walking across the ledge with my friend. Okay. And then we and then we heard like a siren. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to be there. No, no, but we didn't read the sign. We oh. just went. It looks nice. It looks and there we there's like another person there, so we're like, okay, it's fine, right? Okay. But on the way back, my friend almost fell and I saved him because he was oh. right in front of me and I I was like, good. That's good because he was in like the worst spot to fall. Okay. And then on the way back, I slipped and I fell twice. Okay. So my left foot at the bottom got injured and my right hand here got injured. So it was a nice American guy, the, the, the state authority. He escorted us out of the park and said, you guys are not supposed to be here. Um, you know, there's three signs that say, there's three signs on, on the, from where you parked your car until you got here. There are three signs that literally say not to do what you're doing. So, and he's like, I'm going to show you them. So on the way back, I looked at the signs and they looked pretty ominous and scary. Okay. Like red color and all these, okay, okay. of the font. I was like, whoa. So I'm just like, it's okay, whatever. And then I went back. My foot and my hand were injured and turned out where over a month, I couldn't do a lot of my practices. So no physical practices. You know, when we start doing these practices, we get very effervescent, we get very exuberant, we get very excited, and we start doing many things. But it's also important to notice that this sophisticated instrument of ours, the most sophisticated instrument of ours, this body, is also the most delicate. We don't care for it appropriately. It will not be good. Like, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. That's where all these other kinds of issues pop up in the system and that's also why i chose to do yoga because when i used to work out and all these big things i felt like i was missing out i was like why do i have soreness in my muscles and why do i have all these other problems with my body i'm not addressing the your physical body has medically i think it's like 16 different systems but addressing just the muscular system and cardiovascular system when you go to the gym is not enough <laughs> The yoga looks at the whole thing and really enhances the whole thing in the way that it should. So I went, and this was a major lesson. Can you imagine? You, like for me, my whole parents were completely against me being there and injured myself. I can tell them to this day they don't know this injury happened. 
over for over a month and it was embarrassing for me because at the ashram i showed up like that and they're just like dude you didn't mean first you didn't tell us that you're going which is like i'm not supposed to oh, okay. but, um, yeah um so then i went stay, continued my stay i didn't want to go back i was like i can't tell my parents i can't go back home and be like mom dad because they were already not happy about me being here and then i realized like it's very very important to win the cooperation of people around you and really take care of the system if we do not do that there will be major repercussions mm-hmm. do not go overboard like at all just, just like really careful do not go like this. this is a major lesson like i really hope everybody who's listening takes this to heart like i went to the ashram to stay and for a month i couldn't do my practices a month means like quarter of my time there i wasn't able to do practices and i another thing i wasn't able to do a lot of the volunteering that i would normally do i was on crutches i couldn't move my my hand was like gone my foot was gone my hand came back quicker than my foot but then i couldn't walk or i would walk like you know like not on my whole foot like this this is it's not a very fun thing in the ashram that is designed for your well-being and for your transformation you can't give yourself totally so i hope everyone like you know really takes this because for me this is one of the biggest lessons so then sadguru came the first time i saw sadguru i was sitting in the car with this guy from sadnapada and then i'm like hang on i parked the car oh this is in the ashram and a motorcycle comes oh. and i look in the mirror and it's sadguru wearing his round glasses ah. and his beard is like down um well his beard's always down but his hair was down and he's wearing like a jacket and i was like oh my god it's a guru so i'm go by it was awesome and then i was actually um and they put me um so then i went to his darshan like the next day they did a darshan i got there late because of my seva my volunteering i sat down and then he came in and tears came and it was intense and one powerful thing happened i was like everything is right here bracket in brackets pointing inwards <laughs> this is for the audio only people um but that's what i realized i was like man everything's in here for me it's all within me i don't know what to do about that see one thing with sadguru is like he says he'll give you clarity and you'll feel that you're getting clarity but you also feel you're getting more and more confused actually in fact this is one truth which is i'm just getting more and more confused and i really don't know anything <laughs> so being on this path requires a certain level of stability and balance and this is what the practice has brought me that's how i was like okay I need to do this i need to stay here everything's inside what am i going to do and i was since i was instructed to do samyama i was like i'm going to do samyama so then i volunteered for bsp with sadguru and that was very powerful it was actually the hardest most, most intense volunteering i did that broke me man so being at um triple i was like okay i have to do all these odd jobs i have to do housekeeping i have to do this that i have to do all these things i would never do cleaning up after other people all these things and the main thing was like it was just a tight schedule of all this activity so it was like breaking my laziness and that was hard like honestly it was tough this is one reason why i could do all my sadhana because i just felt so lazy i sleep more which is not, not good some days i didn't even do any kriya like none Bef- before i learned this is before i learned shakti like i wouldn't even do shambhavi 
which is a pretty big deal to like not do embarrassing but um i think these are all learning lessons that i these are all failures that became lessons every failure has been a lesson for me to learn and grow from so and you know if you're not doing your sadhana it's okay um just start doing it like today or tomorrow <laughs> i don't know what time it is that you're watching this <laughs> um but it's very important that we do this at bsp in the rain i was like literally like moving the compost and doing all these dirty things. I was like fully there. And I was like, this is what's needed. I'm going to do it now. I barely slept because I wanted to make sure everything was done properly. We were coordinating a certain aspect. I'm not going to talk about things, um, obviously. <clears throat> People say BSP is a very powerful program. Volunteer for it if you haven't. Dude, like that is something else. Because if you want to be broken, I feel BSP volunteering is something that breaks you and takes you to a whole new intense level if you totally give yourself. Because that's an opportunity to make something like Bahaspandana happen for someone else. That means you're giving yourself. Maybe you can have something more will happen. I don't know. But I felt something more. So I left Triple I. I went to, this was the most interesting thing. When I said let life happen, I was sitting there. Someone's like, hey, Mystic Eye is happening. Sadhguru's going to doing Mystic Eye in New York City in three days. Where I was like, yeah, cool. I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay here. I'm staying here. I'll go after that when he goes to Toronto. And the next day, I was like, I'm going to Mystic Eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the day after that, early in the morning, I left for Mystic Eye. <laughs> it was like a 16, no, it's like 17 hour drive, something like that. So you, from from getting even actually when i got to tennessee triple i i left 6 a.m for my place and i got there 5 a.m oh sorry 5 p.m 5 p.m at triple i or did i leave or 6 6 7 p.m i got the triple i but it's one hour difference so it would have been actually 8 p.m in my time zone i drove like four i drove 14 hours straight I'm like this is my longing man if you have a longing you do it like please anyone if you feel like there's people in your way. Um, if you feel like there's something stopping you, well, I'd give. I'd like to say two things. One, ask for forgiveness, not permission. But two, sometimes that can get you killed. So act wisely. <laughs> so, so do what works. So don't just like. <laughs> so this is very important. I had this longing, so I went, and I had the longing again. <laughs> So I went to, and I went to, I went in um, with with two friends, with two um, other volunteers, and actually there was another volunteer who left the day before, and we stayed with her at her place, um, and she was like two hours away from the venue where Mystic Eye happens. So we went to Mystic Eye, and I kid you not, five minutes before Mystic Eye started, we bought our tickets. Oh, so there was like an hour, something like an hour of security, hour hour and a half, and then we bought our ticket, and then we went in. And actually got late because there was so much security and Sadhguru made a funny joke. He's like, all these people, they think there's some terrorists. So they're being so cautious about the security. <laughs> Looks like it'll be another 30 minutes before we can start. It was so funny. <laughs> One thing I saw in Mystic Eye is like people are so resistant. Sadhguru was offering something so powerful. He gave like a powerful meditation and people were like screaming, yelling, and some people literally got up and left in the middle of the process. If you feel any sort of resistance toward growing, 
I have I don't know what else I can say beyond that, but I feel there's something to look within ourselves. Be like, why? Where does this come from? And just look at it. So I did went to this mystic guy program where Sadhguru talks and stuff. It's like a pre-inner engineering. So if you haven't done inner engineering and there's a mystic guy, you do a mystic guy because it'll be really cool. In that one, he talked a lot about like death and stuff. And you know, life is ticking away on these things that he said in other videos to it. Some of it's there. Um, and it was so powerful. And he did this process. It really ignites the longing in you for something spiritual, something looking within because man, we look and we never look within. We just look here. And this one mystic eye thing, when I say mystic eye, it's literally like three hours. Just three hours sitting with Sadhguru, he like, and did the process. And I'm just like, whoa. If I, if I hadn't done inner engineering, I, this would have been like, this would have just shot me straight into doing inner engineering and all, all that. So this was very powerful. And then I, so then, so then after that, we rested for a day. And then that night, I went, I was like, oh my God, I need to do something. I've been instructed to do something. What am I going to do? I don't have money. I don't have a job. I don't have anything. Well, what am I going to do? So I opened up my phone. I typed, I went to angel.co. So it's lists a bunch of companies and people that work at companies. So I found three tech companies in Toronto that I thought were pretty good. And then um, like just through Googling and stuff. And I found, okay, these are the companies they're hiring for some positions. So I was like, okay, I'm going to contact these companies. I literally went on LinkedIn, found the three CEOs of the three companies, messaged them, okay. and I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I woke up and one of the CEOs replied saying, talk to my business partner okay. and gave her email. So I emailed her after like, after when I saw that in the morning. And then I asked and then she, and then she's like, cool, let's meet. And then she's actually sent me like a resume or something. So I sent it and she's like, cool, let's meet. Let's meet Friday. And this was like Wednesday or something. I don't know. And then I literally drove to Toronto, which is like another 14 hours. So this is like so much driving and things. When you're longing, it's deep. You just do whatever. So I met her on Friday. It was supposed to be like an hour interview. And I, we left, I left in like 20 minutes. And I was like, I feel like I didn't get it. So the next day, so that's what that was um, Friday, I said, yeah. So Friday after that, I went to volunteer for IE. No, Youth and Truth. I went to volunteer for Youth and Truth. And the next day I volunteered for IE Setup. And the next day, which was Friday, and then on Saturday, IE, first day happened. And Sunday, IE, sorry, Friday, it doesn't matter. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I volunteered for IE and some Youth and Truth stuff. So Sunday, Monday was IE completion with Sadhguru, engineering completion with Sadhguru. And that was so powerful. They put me in the hall, um, some hall class team, and also some social media stuff. So hall class meant I was there for the whole program with the participants. There was a certain section of participants, so I just sat there with them like this and just like make sure everything's okay for them. Um, and then uh, and also setting up the hall in between all this stuff. I had not seen Sadhguru in inner engineering and that was incredibly beautiful. To have a gift like that, I don't know if maybe you're aware of this or not, but on the second day of inner engineering completion, we received news that Sadhguru's father had passed away. Yet he woke up and he still did the inner engineering completion. He initiated people into the Shambhavi Kriya. And it was extremely powerful. He 
talks about integrity, which is fine. He lives integrity. And that's what matters. Remember earlier I told you, like, um, I told my friend in the university, I told him, this long before I knew even Sadhguru even existed, I told him I would do something more important for, you know, something that would impact the greater as opposed to just something that would benefit me and a few people. It's something that's more beneficial for the greater, even if it means we may have to make some sacrifice because that's what's needed. Well, I, I wouldn't have said that's what's needed at that time. I didn't have that kind of yeah, yeah. terminology, but I felt that. So Sadhguru is showing that. Not only this, other he wasn't here for his father's um, events. And other things too for his family, he missed it. Because he's doing what's needed. This is the most important thing. So if we're talking about integrity. This is incredibly integrous being. This is very powerful for us to learn from. For me, I'm just another volunteer. Not, but like if, if I had some emergency, something happened, I would have left, but he can't leave. Like this is, what is the commitment? For me, that was a huge lesson in commitment. And I think maybe for a lot of the other volunteers who were there, because you know what happened the day after that? We had Youth and Truth. And he was there for Youth and Truth. And I was in tears during that as well. Sometimes some of the most, he said extremely powerful things. One of the things he said was that the youth of today's world need to stand up and demand a better education system. He said many other things as well that were very powerful and very much needed for everyone to hear. And this is something that's really needed. I, I keep saying that, I feel, but it's true. So, and then, so you and Truth happened Tuesday and then Friday I got called into that same company. I was like, oh, she wants to meet again. And she wanted me to meet the other founder, the guy that I had originally messaged. So again, I thought it would be an hour. It was like, again, like 20 minutes. I was like, man, I'm probably going to get a job. And the next day I got an offer. And then, so on Saturday I got an offer and then I negotiated with them. And on Sunday I got a little more um, in terms of like, what I would receive in terms of benefits and stuff. I negotiated that. And th this was like what I wanted. Again, it was like the dream job, like all these things. And I had like all these beautiful food and everything around me. And this is post ashram. I had lived in the ashram for four months. So what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to live in an ashram, right? I don't know what kind of images people have, but everybody was asking me like, so what does it mean when you, like, what do you do? I'll tell you what it means. You have two meals a day, brunch, dinner, brunch 10 to 11, dinner 7 to 8, maybe a little bit later if you're serving. Um, generally 5.30 a.m. you start your practices until 8.30 a.m. This can be a challenge. Now, one main thing is you show up on time to whatever activity you're assigned, which is your volunteer activity. And this is very important and you have to do that. So you be punctual with that, you learn punctuality and you learn to do what you're supposed to do with complete attention to everything you're doing. That's incredibly important in today's world. And it's something that we don't necessarily do. It's like, oh, I like this, I'm gonna pay attention to this. I don't like this, I'm not gonna pay attention. It's like, cut the crap, dude. Who are you to decide what's important, what's not important? You're just going by your own psychological impetus. It's not up to us to decide. You just be fully there, it's a piece of life. So that's what it essentially means. 
eating like that, living like that, and doing what you're supposed to do for the cause, to help people grow, to maintain the infrastructure so that people can make use of it and grow. But that That's a little bit of a side note. I felt like you know, it's needed. Oh, where was I? I forgot. You got the job offer. Yeah, and then I took it, and it was everything I wanted. You know, working in like middle of downtown Toronto and like nice building, whatever. Um, had subway access like in the building, so it was like pretty convenient. And then there's all these vegan restaurants around. So I was praying for samimba. Samimba means you eat a very particular diet. For the people that don't know, you eat a very particular diet for samimba. It's like vegan and other things you also don't eat. And all that was supplied by the restaurants around me. And I was working, and my work schedule was kind of relaxed too. So I could be a little bit late here and there if I didn't have that much work to do, right? I still finished all the work I was supposed to do. And I finished it as early as possible. And then I did all my practices. I went for Samima and I struggled actually. I actually missed some things while preparing for Samima. And that killed me. It actually struggled a lot. I struggled a crazy, crazy amount. I don't know why. I feel like when you've committed to doing something there's always many challenges and you just don't listen to your whole psychological crap because it's one way or another way it's a spectrum you're going this 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 it's like a bouncing ping pong ball let's just ignore it but it might take time for me it's taking time <laughs> um so actually i went to triple i twice in between there i went for christmas time and i made myself like this during christmas time i went for one week got my schedule i came back and then i was like fully on schedule and then I found out Sadhguru was going to do a darshan January 4th. And I was like, oh, yo. Because I was like, now's the time for me to take my parents. So side note, one of my family, one of our, one of my, one of my family businesses were shutting down because they were um, going to do something else with that property. So that meant, and it was a pretty huge property and there's certain business running there that they were shutting it down to build a new one. Um, so my dad and my brother were there, my mom was there and I was not really there because I was working and then I was like, so I took my mom, I was like, yo, we got to do this. So I, I at least brought my mom, my dad and my brother stayed. My mom got to see Sadhguru. Oh. On, on the way from, on the way to driving from Canada to this, to Tennessee, I was literally, I don't know, man, I had tears coming down. It was like, I'm coming home, Sadhguru, I'm coming to you, I'm coming home. I just... Like tears were just stream, and these were the most beautiful tears. It was like ecstasy. I'm like, I'm coming to you, Sadhguru. I don't know. My mom wasn't paying attention. If she was, or if she wasn't paying attention, but she's sitting beside me, and I'm just like there, <laughs> crying. <laughs> um, so she liked the place. I was surprised. I had no idea what. But also there's another resident I'm from Gujarat. So there's another resident who speaks Gujarati. She's like really old. She's like 75. She's like wise. And so I was like, oh, can you talk to my mom? Okay. She talked to my mom and she told my mom like, oh, your son's in a good place. She talked to her in Gujarati and all these things. You know, your son's in a good yeah. place. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, I'm really like the place. And then she's like Sadhguru. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one thing is like people have any resistances. So my mom at first didn't want to look at it who Sadhguru was or anything because she didn't know. She's like, oh, this is just someone taking away my son from me. I don't want this. I don't want but this is the same fear that every mother has, right? You've done something for your child. You don't want your child to just, you don't know what someone is going to do, what, even if the kid has grown up, you kind of want to take care of the kid. 
So as a child, it's our responsibility to make sure that our parents know what we're doing, what we're up to, that we do our best. And it doesn't mean they'll necessarily get it right away. My parent, my mom, my dad knew about Sadhguru because he watched him and um, videos and stuff. And my mom just refused to. It's not like my mom doesn't use these things. She just refused to like even look. Its initial resistance can be very strong. So please, if you know if if you really have a certain longing and you feel like your family or whoever is not helping you um, in the way that you feel they should or supporting you in the way that you feel they should, like yeah, yeah, it's okay. You know, you can do this, you can do that. It might take time. It took time for me as well. My mom was like, "Oh, this is good." But, and when I went for something much, she's like, "Yeah, you go for yeah, go for a few weeks and come back." And I said, "No, I'm going on a one-way ticket." She freaked out. <laughs> my mom, my dad wasn't happy. My dad actually said, um, "If you don't come back by the end of March, um, it won't be like your like son, like in the Indian way. It'll be like our son in like the Canadian way or the American way." You know, where like in the West, kids leave their home early and kind of like, you know, it's not as close of a family in in um in that there isn't as much of a dependence. I'm not saying it's not good. One one is good or one is not good, but it was like that. And, and um, so I was like, I have to do what I'm supposed to do, you know. Yeah. I even told the the founder of the company that I worked for, and I told her the truth. I said. Um, so let me actually tell you why I got to that. So before I would go from work to home, I could tell the environment was not very conducive. It was like bleh. And then, um, actually before that, I met with um, a very particular teacher who's with, who did I like who did who's been with Sadhguru for over 25 years. Um, and he, I asked him in January 4th when I went to Triple I. I said, touching Christmas, I had asked him a question. This is a very important question. And I think this is a question many people may have. I said, when I'm outside of the ashram, how do I accelerate my growth? I don't know exactly what the question is. It's basically, how do I accelerate my growth outside of the ashram to be like in the ashram? So I had that much awareness. And I even shared that when I'm in the ashram, when I'm not in the ashram internally, I'm the same. But the environment outside the ashram, the environment inside the ashram are totally different. And in one, my growth is better. He shared, if you take a plant, if you take a seed, you plant it in one kind of soil with a certain situation, the rain and the sun or whatever, and you plant it in a different kind of soil with a different kind of situation, the seed will flower differently. Whatever the potency of the seed is, basically he was saying, you know, the environment is different. And he said, what are your priorities? So this was Christmas time, which is like December 25th week. So I went back to Canada and I came back again January 4th with my mom. And I saw him and I was like, thank you. My priorities are very much clear now. I didn't know what that meant. Went back to Canada, and this is where we continue, which is basically I was saying that I would go home, taking a subway. It's like underground train type thing that people that don't know, or Metro, like Delhi Metro, or whatever, um, or London Metro, or London Tube, as they call it, actually, would be more appropriate. And 
I would have tears just of joy just coming down. And I was like, this is my life. This is incredible. I don't necessarily feel anything from the activity that I do, but I feel like this just from being, my way of being. And then one moment happened when I entered the subway, boom, pain, misery, just, I don't know if it flooded in or came in or something. I just felt it come through. And I was like, what? Because this is just unusual. I never make myself feel this way. And I look around. It was the people around me. It was the space that I was in. I had made myself in a certain way that I was pleasant within. And when I was in a certain environment, I would be able to impact that environment in, the, in a small way, the people in a small way, so, they, so that some of this could rub off on them. But how much of that, you know, it's not practical. At that moment, I saw clearly that these people need to be empowered to be able to do what I'm doing within myself. And it's just not that hard. They just haven't invested the time. In just four days, in just four days, not even four days, I isn't even four days. In engineering, it's not even four days. In just that period of time, the basics of that can be transmitted and you just work on that. So this was the experience I had. Well, all of a sudden I'm pleasant, but then it's like a wave of this low energy or whatever, like unpleasantness just hit me. So that's why I decided Samima, and then I'm just gonna book a one-way ticket. So I told the founder of the company, I'm like, hey, I need to do a certain, I need to go on a journey. And it's better to do it now before I have any kids or I have a partner or I have a loan. If I had a loan, I would have repaid it. But my situation at the time, which was earlier this year in January, was right. It was a ripe situation for me to take, excuse me, for me to take action. And this isn't just true for me, this is true for many of us. If you are in your early 20s and you're listening to this right now, let's say you have a little bit of debt. I don't know what your situation is, but maybe you can pay it off. Maybe it'll take some time or maybe you can put it on pause. I know some people have that kind of an option if it's uh, like a government gave you that kind of a loan. I'm talking specifically talking about like education. And if your family doesn't necessarily require your financial assistance, the only thing that's stopping you from taking a major step towards your own transformation to make you more capable, to make yourself more capable and into somebody that's really needed is your own fear. It's either fear of missing out like FOMO or fear of, I mean, I think any, any other fear I can think of is still FOMO. It, it's basically like you're afraid of, you're gonna miss out on something else. Or maybe it's a fear of feeling like you won't make it. The question is this, if anything that you, every time you invest in something, there's always a result. The result may not be what you want. Whatever seeds you sow, something will sprout. May not be what you want to sprout, <laughs> but something will sprout. So this is extremely important. Why are we doing this? Why are we constantly crippling ourselves? I didn't want to cripple myself. 
I was like, no, so I'm going. So when my dad said this to me, I was like, Ayo, I don't know what you're going to do, but I have to go. Actually, I didn't say Ayo there. I, I picked that up here. I picked that up here. <laughs> but it, I'm using it because it means it's a way of expressing shock. And it was shock, actually, for me at that point. Actually, I had tears coming of pain at that time. But I wasn't crying. It was just, I felt intense pain. The tears were coming. I was like, is this my pain or is it their pain that I'm experiencing? Because I feel, I've started to realize I've become very attuned, very tuned in to what others are experiencing. Now, some people may see this as, what a weakness. You're so weak, dude. What? You're such a little sensitive little baby. We have to take care of you. Not at all. I'm fully balanced. I can do what's needed as it's needed, when it's needed. In the right situation, at a given time, I do what's needed. But I have the awareness to look what's happening, to experience it as almost like a third person. Not as this concoction of emotions and, and thoughts, blah, 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 but as a being, separate from the thoughts and the emotions. It's not easy, it was hard. I t kid you not, dude, that was like super hard. Can you imagine your parents saying that to you? Like, what the fuck? Oh, it's okay, we won't cut that. <laughs> um, Do you have any questions regarding this one thing? Or should I go on? What? Um, so then I booked my one-way ticket to come to Isha Yoga Center, and here I am. When I first came here, I started waking up very early and doing all my practices. Not all of them, like alternating Hatha Yoga, whatever, which is fine. But then I did Samyama, and then I, um, actually no, before Samyama. By the way, this was something that I felt terrible about, I'll tell you right now. So before I left, before I came here, I spent two weeks with my parents, maybe three weeks, maybe little, I think it was over somewhere between two and three weeks. With my parents and I missed I, one of that. I missed a whole week of like practices, and this is during something about prep. I feel terrible. This is like ridiculous. Are you able to hear me? Because I can't hear actually. Yes, I, yes, I can. Okay, so. When this happened, I was like, what the hell is wrong with me, dude? I'm in my home. But you know what? So my parents' home, we have, I don't know if my count is exact, but somewhere like five or six bedrooms. Uh, my bedroom is like the top floor by itself of the house. Um, we have something like six, seven bathrooms. Um, and behind our house is like, we have like this nice garden and it goes like down in slopes, not a slope. It's like staircase type garden and there's a big gazebo. And then behind the house, there's a natural conservation area that um, the government has there. So it'll always be there. So what I'm trying to say is that I'm in this kind of a particular environment. And yet I was not feeling that it was conducive for me. It's not an excuse for not doing my sadhana. It is absolutely not an excuse. And I really regret this. I wish I could go back in that time and, and like kick my ass and make myself do it. But the space 
that we live in was designed for eating, sleeping, entertainment. It was not designed to bring out a greater possibility. My mom had a little, like, in my mom, there's like a, an office room, and on one side, mom has like a nice big temple. But temples don't mean anything. What's a statue? If, if you look at a statue and you have some emotional connection to it, it may mean something to you. That's fine. But what Sadhguru's done is he's consecrated live beings. He's creating live beings in the form of an object. Not because people want to worship or pray to it, but simply because when people sit in the presence of that, they benefit in some way. And I feel maybe that's what I was missing. And it's very, very powerful. But it's not necessary. You can just even light a lamp and have a specific space that's designated just for your practices. I wish, no, this is something I should have put more stress on doing. I didn't, and, and I mean, for sure, one day I'll go back. And when I go back, I'll make sure to go prepared. Maybe I'll bring a yantra with me. If no yantra, there's other things that can be done to liven up the space. Like lighting a lamp with the ghee or sesame oil. Is there a third type of oil? I don't know. Do you, do you know? That's Whatever. <laughs> no, I mean like the ones that they recommend. I'm, I'm referring to... I think coconut oil, any kind of oil. It's okay. I know specifically um, Sadhguru recommends sesame oil and ghee and something else. I don't, I would check up on this. Whoever it is, if you're listening, you check up on this. You just type Sadhguru, consecrate home or something. I don't know, whatever. Um, but this is very, very important. And I had neglected this. But when I came back, when I came to Ishigo Center, again, I started waking up early to start doing my practices. I was like, awesome. Something was going to be powerful. And then unexpectedly, something else happened that again, threw me out of my practices. And this all this happened while I was trying to prepare for Samyama, which meant like, I gave a commitment to my interviewer. I'm like, yes, I will do all the practices like I'm supposed to. And there I was like, oh my God. So then I was like, what am I going to do? I did my best, which is not good enough, but it's okay. I got put into Mahashivratri, um, particularly as volunteering for something for Mahashivratri. And because of that, I didn't get any time to, to um, do all the sadhana that I wanted. And I would sleep in. And then I would wake up late. But actually sleeping in meant I was still waking up really early. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like really, really yeah. like hard to do. Yeah, because um, yeah, it was volunteering for the few days leading up to Mahashivratri. And my activity was like up front, helping people as they came. And then I was like, what am I going to do? I'm not doing all the practices. This is like the exact way I wanted. And then Mahashivratri happened. Oh my God, dude so much there's like uh, i don't know what to say there's a particular chant it's called nirvana shatkam um you're essentially saying i'm not this i'm not that and you're going through all everything you know like physical and all these things in your mind your emotions energy everything you're saying i'm not this i'm not this i'm not this so that's the way the chant works so many times i had tears and there was we all sat eyes closed 
a process came. It got quiet. And then, do 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 do. Manobuddhihankara. And that's how the chant starts. And then the brahmacharyas were chanting it so intensely. And I was sitting here with my eyes closed. I don't remember if my eyes were opened or closed. Maybe they were still closed. I just started yelling and crying hardcore. It's like something deep inside was just coming out. Like, and I was looking at them and I was like, this is it. That's my path. I'm like, this is it. This is what I'm doing. I don't know how long that went on for this, the chant, but I was like, ah, but not like that. It was a much higher volume and like tears kept coming. And I remember there was a kid near me and I think I opened my eyes cause I looked and then like the mom, I could, or maybe my eyes were closed, but I could just feel like the mom was like pulling the kid away or something. <laughs> I wasn't doing it. I was just sitting on the chair. I just couldn't help it. It was like some, like something deep within, like I don't even know what was just coming out. And I was just like, ah, tears were just I had never experienced that I didn't know what the hell was happening I think from what I've seen this would scare the shit out of people dude like people would be terrified if this happened to them <laughs> forget the person next to them the people some people some of the newbies near me probably thought this guy is being exercised <laughs> <laughs> like there's a ghost coming out of me but for me it was clear like there's something deep inside it's like ready to like come out and at that moment i felt so connected something with the brahmacharis even now when i see them i, I sometimes i look at them i don't even bow because i just look at them and i, I can't move they, and then if they notice me and they bow then i bow but i just can't because i just look at them and it's just like enamoring i'm just enamored by that by the being i don't know what i'm even saying i don't know what i'm doing i don't understand anything but that was my experience one of the things i have in that Mahasharatri. And then um, I didn't know what Mahasharatri was, but any of you who are interested in or curious about what is Mahasharatri, it's like the world's biggest party. It's probably way better than Burning Man because there's like some energetic stuff that happens that Sadhguru does, like is whatever, uh, I don't know. This is the main thing. Well, I don't know. What is that? <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> um, actually, this happened. When I volunteered for BSP with Sadhguru, there's a certain process. So we were all sitting there, us volunteers. So we were sitting in chairs. Um, before the participants came in, we were all sitting in different spots. Uh, we were just hold like sit like this, just not doing anything. And I was facing outward. We were all facing outward on this dome. There's like a dome. We're all sitting and we're facing outward. Then Sadhguru came from the front and he's walking around. And we could tell he's walking around because he'd like clap and do whatever his magic thing. I'm saying magic because I don't know. But magic is just science we don't understand. Yeah. So basically he went around and I was like sitting. He stands in front of me and he faces me and he does his um, thingy. Whatever he's doing with this. <laughs> I don't know what he does. I don't remember what he did. But I was just, like sitting there and he just like stands in front of me and does that. But he was looking at like above me and I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on. But one thing I can say is like, what happened in Mahasharatri, what happened at BSP, all these other um, things that Sadhguru does. Us not being able to understand it doesn't mean that it's something to be afraid of. It means there's something new for us to explore. 
it means there's unexplored terrains that if more and more of us explore, we can help others and bring along others to join us on the journey to explore what this life is all about. And if we don't do that, we'll always be stuck on this basic plane of physicality. And what's the point? I don't know what the point is actually, but there's no point, right? If you don't even explore, you're missing life. So after Mahashivratri ended, I was like, I'm do my practices. So then some email was supposed to come, right? Um, <laughs> so like four days or five days before Samyama, and so this was like right after Mahashiva, maybe like two days after Mahashiva, three, whatever it was. They're like, okay, Abhishek, I was, okay, I didn't have any volunteer activity assigned. I was just walking past welcome point. And there's this one, Akka, Akka means other sister. And then she's like, do you have a volunteering activity? I think I knew her because I'd spoken to her before. I remember, is this someone Rebecca, I, was it Rebecca? <laughs> no, it wasn't Rebecca Akka at that time. It was a different, it was, I think it was a teacher, just like her, because it was a different teacher. Um, oh, I remember because I had volunteered for um, a certain event and she was one of the teachers that was there. I think she's a teacher, whatever, it doesn't matter. And then she's like, do you have an activity? And I wasn't doing it. I was just like walking to eat. I look at her. She just called me. Do you have an activity? I'm like, no. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. She's like, that's okay. You can volunteer with the Samima team. I was like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm taking Samima. She's like, that's okay. You can volunteer until it starts. Okay. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know I didn't even know what that meant, right? Like, what's she talking about? So I went to eat and I came back peacefully, you know, like ah, I ate, oh evening sadhana, whatever I'll do all. She's like, Okay, so this is what you do. I'm like, Okay. Oh my god, dude. It was like morning tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I did have time to do my practices, but I just felt lazy because of the kind of activity it was, it was so draining. I just I just couldn't wake up early to do it. It was just like, oh my God. Um, it was basically something in my help desk. Uh, and people were, that I knew were coming to me from like US and stuff. And they were being funny. Like one per, one person, she's like, um, Nastia, you know her. Yeah. She's, yeah. She, yeah, she's like, she's like, hey, you finally found, uh, you found your activity to do or something. She's like, you found what you're good at. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but it was hard actually because I'd never done anything like that. It's constantly people coming and talking to them and all. it's just different activities. So Ashram finds a way to break you in different ways. And I didn't even do anything, right? I was just going to eat <laughs> and expecting I can do all my practices. And so this happened. I wasn't able to do all my practices. And this was right before Samima. Like the week leading up to Samima, Anna, no practices. Can you imagine? Like not no practices. Yeah, not, I shouldn't say not no practices, but very, but not. The guided like, one. To do, yeah, to the not, guidelines. Yeah, not according to guidelines. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, oh, what am I gonna do? I, it was like really hard for me. I also can't sit in Ardha Sadas. So like I'm trying right now, but my right knee is elevated a little bit. Um, so I just did my best, went through Samima, and I don't know if I should share this. I won't share this. Yeah. Are you going to make me share it? No, yes. Share no. <laughs> you, you mean your Samima experience? So before Samima, okay. I went. Okay. Um, so just two hours before Samima started, 
or an hour and a half before something started, me and two other Annas, we went to Mundram Pirai. We got Bada. Oh my God. <laughs> Anarthi, stop this podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, but we, I actually didn't know what would be in it, right? I, I'm like, oh, Bada. I'm like, I like the Bada they give um, in Big Shaho. So I was like, I like this. I eat it. Weird taste to this. I look at it. There's green chili. There's garlic. Oh my god! Onion. I'm like, these. This is like against guidelines of stuff. <laughs> this is like not what I was. And it was like it was it was not on purpose, right? I just thought I'm like, oh, what I? It's like picture all this. Thing. Yeah. And one guy just like ate it. He didn't even notice. Oh. <laughs> no. And then me and this other guy noticed. We looked at each other. I'm like. But we'd already started eating, so we just continued eating. <laughs> oh, into Samyam. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I went into Samyam. Not even like some long time ago, but this was like, I did, I ate that. And then I went to Samyam after an hour or an hour and a half. Samyam experience was like, um, Samyam, for those of you that don't know, is a residential, I wouldn't call it a residential program, but it's a silence program with Sadhguru. So for eight days, you spend fully in silence. And most of the program is just sitting down and following whatever the instructions are, like guided meditations. So I think after, so it's eight days. So I think from the sixth day, it wasn't painful (laughs) for me (laughs) to be sitting. Um, Really, my experience with Samyam was that I, sat down, closed my eyes. When I opened my eyes, the program was over. Um, honestly, I don't know if there's a greater gift than Samima. I used to think Shunya was the gift. So when I took Shunya and Shunya program, um, this happened when I was at I in August. But that happened actually also by accident. Even Samima happened by accident. Even BSB happened by accident. All these programs just happened from my accident. So when I took some Shunya, I was actually supposed to volunteer for it. So I got a message, okay, you're volunteering for Shunya. I was like, oh, okay. They're like, you're going to coordinate this. Come to the coordinator meeting. And I was like, oh, cool. But I mean, it's just the way things work, right? So I went, so who has not done Shunya? I put my hand up. You haven't done Shunya? I was like, no. <laughs> the expectation was that I hadn't done it. I was like, no, I don't know. I'm like, I just did her engineering, like not that like, okay, that changes things, but they still put me to coordinate something. Okay. And I was like, okay, whatever. They're like, we just won't give you the schedule. That's whatever. The next day, I was like, I went to the, like the main person, like the person who was organizing the program or whatever. And I went to this person. I said, um, I was thinking I would do Shunya. Can I do it? Mm-hmm. This person's like, what? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Can you commit to it? Blah, blah. No, they want to make sure. Yeah. Yes. No. I've actually always wanted to do Shunya. But you know, so I got to share this truth with you all. It's pretty embarrassing, but I'll share it. When I wanted to do inner engineering, it was first time September. This was even before. So it was September. And then in November, that Chamath guy, I heard him talk in November. So I actually wanted to do inner engineering in September before I even heard him talk. But the reason I chose consciously, I'm like, I'm not going to do inner engineering because I can't sit with my legs crossed. And I know this program is like that. Then I missed it. I told myself I would practice every day by sitting with my legs crossed. I didn't sit even once for like four months. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And then there's another program in December. And I was like, I'm going to do this December one. And then 
by the time I was like, I'm going to do it, I realized it was fully booked. And I was like, God damn it. So then when it happened in January, I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I don't care about my legs. I don't care if I die in pain. I did it. By the way, interviewing was like super, super painful. It was really hard for me to sit with my legs crossed. But I paid attention like my life depended on it. I paid attention like I was going to die in the next moment. I don't know what inner engineering or shunya. Inner engineering. Okay, okay. So that's what inner engineering was like. So now I'm going to go to shunya and tell you. Shunya was even more painful than inner engineering. <laughs> I was thinking. Yeah. Now I wanted to explain that inner engineering was also painful. So I did inner engineering. It, uh, so I did shunya and it was even more painful. For the people that know, you will know. For the people that don't know, you'll find out if you do the program. <laughs> um, it was even more painful than inner engineering, but I stuck through it because I decided I really wanted to do it. You know, if you really want to do something, you do it. Even, don't push it back just because you feel that you're not prepared for it. Because if you really want it, that's how you're prepared. Preparation doesn't mean you're going to feel like, yeah, I feel like I can do it now. What, what do you mean? How? It's still arbitrary. It's fully arbitrary whether or not you feel you're ready for it. What really matters is how intensely do you want it? If you have an intense longing for something, then you're prepared. At least this is how I see it. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But you, you, whoever it is, you, in the audience, I like to ask this question below in the audience. How do you know when you're fully prepared? Let us know in the question section below, comment section below. Sorry, not question section. Um, so I went for that, did the Shumi program. I did Samyama, was not as painful as Shunya. And I said kind of like that's kind of how Samyama was. And it was beautiful. Shunya for me was the biggest gift. After I actually first initiated into Shunya, um, I came out, I was eating. All of a sudden, tears just came constantly. And I felt like everything is so, everything. I felt everything was the same. Everyone was the same. But then I felt everyone was so unique and beautiful. This sounds super contradictory, but in my experience, I saw both at the same time and tears wouldn't stop coming. And every time I took a bite of the food I was eating, even more tears came. So I tested this by eating fruits and more tears came. So then I got up and I got more fruits and I ate more fruits because more tears came and more beautiful it felt with fruits. <laughs> so that was it, um, Shunya. And then with Samyama, I have no words. I, was, I didn't have anything like that with Samyama, but Samyama was just something more. And it's growing as time happens and it's just with Samyama it's like a whole new dimension even with Shunya one thing I can tell you is that with the program that Sadhguru's created and with the volunteering you will open up new dimensions in your life if you are curious about Sadhguru and what he's offering this is what I can tell you this is what he's offering opening up new dimensions to your life that you didn't know existed but it's all right here he's not taking you anywhere new Maybe he is, I don't know. But from my experience, I feel he isn't. I feel he's just showing me what's already there. And I'm just an idiot for not seeing it. <laughs> so after some of my stayed and um, yeah, it's been a wonderful ride ever since. It still has, um, <clears throat> so after some of I actually went to Bangalore and then I spent a few days there and that's when I realized like I need to work on myself because I met certain some people and I saw the way they were and I'm like, Huh, this is the difference between me and them. Not that I'm so great, but I'm looking inward. We need people to look inward. I need to be more capable. If you're a meditator listening to this, one incredible opportunity we have is to make ourselves competent and capable 
and to bring ourselves to such a state of balance and clarity and intensity that people will just come and in our presence be like, well, who is this person? There's something different about them. And if we are capable and competent, we'll also be able to do certain things in the world as well. And they'll be like, this person is a certain way, they're so accomplished, whatever, not because we want to be better than anyone, but it shows like, it's a whole thing that show, that will, then people will question, then you ask, then you tell them, you can, you can look inward, that's what matters. It's not about this process, that process, look inward. That is it. If there's anything that's it, look inwards, because then you'll know nothing is it. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't really have much of an experience to describe in the last four months here, other than there have been many times where I, uh, tears. But actually, one thing: last few days, I've been going to the farm just for a few hours a day, an hour and a half ish, um, and I was weeding. I felt so connected to Mother Earth and my immunity or my strength in my body just shot up. That I can tell you is extremely powerful. If you, by the way, I have like intense allergies outdoors. So in Canada and US, I sneeze and stuff. So I try to stay away from it naturally because I you know, just can't really handle it. But here, it didn't really happen. Thankfully for monsoon season, maybe. I don't know. Um, you, know you know the rain keeps it down or something. I can't say, I really don't know how it works. Generally, spring there is bad, though. But that's been very powerful. So everything that's happening here, in terms of volunteering, what's offered, it's all given as a way for transformation, like individual transformation. Make use of it. Now's the time to make use of it, like whatever your situation, in any way that you can. Make use of it. I'm actually looking towards doing sadhanapada. I've applied for visa extensions so that I can stay here in India for longer, do sadhanapada. <sighs> yeah, I'm sure after that, I'll have many more things to share. Um, is there, I don't know, is there, do you have any other questions about like the time here or something? I think we can do it as another podcast. Like, yeah. What yeah. would you say that? Yeah. Because now you will go for sadhanapada. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. now, hopefully, I'll go, I'll go for sadhana with a visa permitting. <laughs> visa permitting. You will have to go to Sri Lanka for that. No, I was born in India, which okay. means I have the opportunity to apply from here. So where can the viewers uh, reach out to you? Like I have a Facebook, yeah, I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. My Facebook page is at Apple Snack Productions. Yes. Instagram page is at Apple Snack Productions. I want to always ask, why is it Apple Snack? What is this? Yeah, of course. So my name is Abhishek in Canada. In middle school, people could not really say Abhishek. It was like a lot of white people um, who didn't really have much of a <clears throat> diversity, didn't have much of other cultures injected in their society. Is what I would say. And so because of that, they couldn't fathom what Abhishek, how to say Abhishek. So they would say like Abhishek and whatever. <laughs> Every time I went to a new grade, I tried and then I just gave up eventually and I just stuck with it. I'm like, let them call me whatever. And then I used to eat snacks and then my friend was like, hey, apple snack. <laughs> okay. So apple snack rhymes with Abhishek. Abhishek and, I yeah. ate, and I ate snacks. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Good project. Kids line. So. Giving nicknames is same everywhere. There's no logic to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was it. It's a great man.
So yeah. thank you so much. So anything last that you would like to leave the audience before our next podcast, maybe in between Sadhana Pada or after Sadhana Pada. Yeah. Um, last thing. Oh man, I feel like in between, I I I gave strong call to actions like yeah, do this, do that. Is there anything that stood out to you that that you feel I could elaborate more on and just like give a strong call to action on? No, I think no. For me, it's the journey that matters. Like, the journey. <laughs> um, like for it, me, yeah. No, please, please. I was just saying, for me, it's just as I said, look inward. Now's the time for self transformation. If not now, then when? You see the issues that are happening in the West, Black Lives Matter. Okay, not just that. Um, there's all other kinds of. Uh, <clears throat> forms of prejudice, discrimination. Our mind is a tool that allows us to use discrimination for different things. It's in part of our logic, but it does not need to be a limitation for our sense of inclusiveness. We have an incredible opportunity to work together and co-create a future where everyone will belong, a future of inclusiveness. But that will only happen if we all can clearly see where the tools of discrimination come in, which is the logic, the intellectual, and where the tools, where, not tools, but where love, peace, inclusiveness, all these things come in. Because that matters more. There's something, a beautiful quote, the world needs more peaceful, loving, joyful people, period. That's all I have to say. Work on that. And if you don't know what to do, step one, innerengineering.com. Great, Anna. So thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Someone is calling you. <laughs> no, but I have to go. I have to go for activity, actually. I'm supposed to work on the farm right now. Not right now, but soon. So I'm going to run there. So I don't be late. Okay. Thank um, you. It's great talking to you. Namaskar. Namaskar. Namaskaram everyone. Hope you guys loved the podcast. If you did, do reach out to Abhishek Anna on his Instagram at Apple Snack Productions, which I have linked to in the description. Please do reach out to him. He would love to hear from you guys. And also, I have put a special photo app link in the description where there are a lot of pictures of Abhishek Anna, which is not there on his Instagram. So you can check them out also. And one request a small request from me is if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcast, that is if you're using an iPhone. please do leave a review maybe it's one stars two star or whatever it is it's up to you but if you can take an extra 20 to 30 seconds to leave a review a written review and rate this podcast it would definitely mean a wo- mean the world to me also i'm noticing that a lot of you are listening to the podcast but yet you are not click the subscribe button or the follow button so wherever you are listening to whether it's anchor spotify stitcher google podcast please do follow as it will you know make this podcast reach to a lot of people who want to listen to such content so a lot more podcast coming your way guys so hope you guys have fun take care namaskaram